Good evening. I hope you are sitting comfortably and that you have steeled yourselves for what you are about to experience. A podcast so directionless, you'll need a map and a guide just to make it through this intro. Should you survive the untamed wilderness of the fog of vaping, the profanity of politics, the gore of gaming, and the ever-twisting and undulating non-sequiturs, then you can say you have proudly navigated and survived your journey inside the minds of... The Rambling Vapors. The best laid plans of most men off go awry. Just perfect. So we're back. I mean, we're back. Back again. It's been two months. Yes. Fucking. It's actually not such a bad break for you guys. I, I, no. no, actually, we were getting really regular, and then work yeah. happened, yeah, and we just went. work happened. Work happened. Dave's wedding happened. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's just been it's been a busy few months, really. Yeah. Um like the last one we did was just def- was it the one after vape jam? Uh, no, no, we did, we one, did one, one with Mark. Mark. We did one with Mark, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so this is oh fuck. Do you know what I've not done? You've gone to look at what episode we're on. Right, I have indeed. It, Bear with me one second. Um, I'm just gonna well, have a I'll quick race. I'll see if I can get there on the um dun, the dun, um dun, the dun, computer. Dun, Who will win? Dun, dun. So I got phone or laptop. Uh, welcome to episode six, season two of Rambling Vapors. Are you okay. sure? That's the last one you uploaded to... Um... Episode 5, yeah, season 2. Yep, so welcome to season 2, episode 6. Rambling Vapors. Back in the his ass. His ass? His ass. <laughs> okay. Apparently we're back, yeah, his we're back in his ass. Who, who he is, we don't know. No, no. Boom shakalaka. Uh, what his, his ass. Um, so yeah, we're back again. And as you can probably tell, we've been once again graced with the presence of the almighty Petark. Hello, strength and honour. Uh, I was thinking about this actually. Like, am I the most uh, regular? Like, am I the you're, most... You're, you're the most frequent, yeah. Yeah. frequent flyer. Well, this is your third or fourth. Fourth, third, fourth or fifth. Fourth. Fourth or fifth, because we've had Ian on. Like, so there was the long one with Ian, the yeah. even longer yeah. one with yeah. Ian. Yeah. Sorry and there's goes. been another one as well <laughs> since then. Like, yeah, I did the one with Nye as well. Yeah, um, yeah. So um, we did the. Um, so right, did the I long do one, one with, with Mark Ian. as well? Um, I, I might think done. so. I done. Yeah. Oh wow. So this yeah. is the fifth. Yeah. Yeah. This will be the fifth. Yeah. Wow, because Mark's done two. Mark's done two. Dave's, Dave's done, done one. one. No, does they only done one? Dave's only done one, the, the yeah. chili episode. No, but he also did he not join us for the one after Vape Jam? He, he was did, there with he us. did join you for the one after Vape Jam. Did he? Yeah, so yeah. Dave's done two. Oh, was it only for like half of it though? Did he leave like before I the end? I think thing? he was there for the whole thing. I think he was there for the whole. I think thing. he might have left by the end okay. section because I think the the close. We're going to find just... out that none of this is true. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be like it's going like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> to be a Kaiser Soze thing, you know. Yeah. And then whew, he was gone. He was yeah. never actually there. So we've got a, we've got a pretty good episode uh, coming in. We've got a lot, like not really vape news, just more vape interesting articles vape yeah. interest yeah i think was the term i i coined earlier um also got some all oh, this like there's been a lot that's happened we've done loads of stuff so we've got a lot of um, kyle's bought a lot of things nero's bought a lot of things yeah nero whatever. like i think i mentioned i legally changed my name on the last one or the one before probably about four episodes ago yeah yeah, <laughs> so, yeah i'm like i am now legit nero so yeah um no, but like, so I mean, been to watch live wrestling. There's been an article about it was in the Vape Around magazine. That was cool, yeah. guys. That's, yeah, I had to read through. It was really good. It came, yeah. off, came across really well. I thought. That, well, I, it was that was a 
written by me. Um, mm. And uh, do you remember Gordon Stribling, mm. Andy Barnard's friend? Yes, I think. Tall, lanky. Uh, <laughs> That's just yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's right. He's writing for Vapor Round magazine. Okay. So uh, okay. yeah, he messaged me and was like, um, "I think you'd be uh, perfect for the uh, like article." So I wrote up something. They had to trim it down because it was a five hundred word limit. And sure, sure. Like with the podcast, I do tend to ramble on. Yeah, yeah. We're using Dragon Dictator. I think it came across talking. well. I think it came across well, and it, 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 it you know, it. It advertised what you guys did, but it was it wasn't like a, a flagrant. Plot, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was kind of. It, 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 I felt they had stuff to say. It's it's worth a read if anybody gets a chance. You, I guess you'll link it up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll post a link to Vapor Round Magazine. So, um, they're really like for anyone that doesn't know, they're very much an industry focused magazine here in the UK, but uh, they're a very highly respected industry magazine, um, and they cover a lot of really good. Um, kind of like you know uh articles on the the state of the industry mm-hmm. uh they do some really good industry pieces yeah i mean i, I think it came across really well so, um, um mm. i think that they come out bi-monthly as well because yeah. I, I actually wrote the article uh for like this way back Good, good, like good, nearly two months sure. ago, just after the. There's an editing uh, process, 12. you know what I mean? Oh so, yeah, yeah, and and I mean that's like I mean well I mean of course you guys know about all editing this and sort of putting this thing together, yeah. or, or at least you know uh, you do. The cool uh, thing is, I don't. Um, I cool do fuck is, all. <laughs> <laughs> cool I, thing is, um, Gordon's going to get me a printed copy sent over as well. Cool. Also, they uh, have their own juices as well. They do two juices. Cool. Um, it's berry ice and I forget what the other one is. Uh, Toffuccino, which yeah. is like a toffee cappuccino, and you um, mm. might be able. To, he said he'll see if he can get some samples of those so we can review them on the podcast. Okay, cool. There was another thing that was that seems to have fallen through. Is I got I got contacted by um, a juice manufacturer. They said they were going to send some samples over, sure. but it sure. seems to have kind of gone by the wayside. Yeah, uh, I need to get get back in touch and see what was happening there because we're going to do a juice tasting Ooh. type thing on here. Um, but it's there's a couple of other so. Um, Couple of other guys I wanted to. Uh, I'm, I've been making some contacts and stuff. Like sure. I was in a vape shop over in London, uh, Vapo, I think it's called. Massive shout out to those guys as well. That one of the best vape shops I've been in to date. It was so funny. We were in there. Like so, it was when we went to watch ROH. Uh, I dragged Naomi in there on the way to the show. Um, I was just like, I just go for a bit. So I ended up in there for like. I don't know, a good 45 minutes chatting to the guys. We set their smoke alarm off. <laughs> like They were like, no, we've never vaped it out this heavy before. It's never happened first sure. time. Set the smoke alarm off. Brilliant. And uh, the, like, the building manager had to come down from like down the other end of the road to turn it off. The ramblers have arrived. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, I wasn't there. No, it was just, it was I, really I really have like, done it like, in my own house. Poor Naomi. Uh, had, um, <laughs> she was just sat there listening to me ramble on about vape talking. And stuff. So it's just a regular day for her then. Well, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's what's cool though is like I come over every time and like these expanding collections of like kit are all like in front of you guys. Like there's these sizable collections now. And yeah, even I representative mean, of it all. I did a t- I did a ta- uh, a tally up 
uh, the other day, and I think I'm on about I think I'm about sixty five different mods. Jesus Christ, dude! Um, and he I've might have a problem. You know, what I'm something saying? like <laughs> something in the vicinity of about seventy different atomizers across RTAs, sub ohm tanks, RDAs, and RDTAs. Have you replaced your addiction for buying Magic the Gathering cards? Yeah, with buying much. Stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. with a more expensive probably yeah. thing. Yeah, well, I mean, it always so escalates. Across, across, but they're more practical than. So, <laughs> I mean, across just four mods? No, three mods. No, four mods. I like so. I've got my latest acquisition, which I'll talk about more. Uh, purge mod. Um, sure. Then my two Kadama minikin mods. Uh, as modus lights, like, so stab wood ones, and my Axis Vape 717. Across those four mods, that's nearly a grand and a half. Yeah. Well, I guess, like, because you guys, both to greater or lesser extents, are into the, I, I guess you'd call it like the collecting scene or like the, the technological scene behind it, I, I guess. Like, um, I, I don't know how you'd refer more to so it. More so, definitely, Kyle's more into. The, I'm the new the acquisition stuff. side of things. Yeah, I uh, and actually into the experimentation and like the, like I enjoy the innovation sure. aspect yeah, of, yeah, yeah. of vaping. So it's really fun to see these new chipsets coming out for mods and like like the, recently one of the big things that's happened is um, a couple of new battery types have entered the vaping market so you've got the 2700 and 2100 um, which are lot so typically majority of vape mods that use external batteries use uh, 18650s okay. there are some other ones like 1350s and uh, 16 uh, 26650s yeah so 26650s tend to be bigger fatter and you've got 1350 which is like a bit smaller sure but uh, predominantly the majority are 18650 um, which range in capacity between 1500 ma to 2500 ma with a maximum amp drain between like kind of 2.5 to 3 amp I think so to, to an idiot like a, a standard battery how long does that last in a, in a mod um, well you, mm. like, your 18650s are rechargeable right um, so you probably depending on what you're doing with it so if you're using a good 1860 like a um, VTC Sony VTC5A for a mech mod you're gonna run out you, the life of your battery quicker to a, because depending on how low you build is that sort of burn uh, because, temperatures and stuff well or? yeah so it depends on the resistance of your coil if you're building very low ohms and taking the battery to its limit the lifespan of that battery is going to short is be shorter than if you were building a little okay. bit higher and the battery wasn't getting as stressed right so generally speaking i replace my mech mod batteries every six to eight months sure um depending on like you know if i if they, if i knock one or dent one obviously goes kind of thing i've actually literally just bought like five new vct 5a batteries because and just replaced all my mech mod batteries um uh but like if you're using in a regulated device um you can probably get like a good solid year or to 18 months out of them before you need to really replace think yeah i need to replace them. my um samsung 30 cues I use mine yeah sure so I've, so I've got two sets of Samsung hey, uh, sorry LG HB2s two sets of no HE4s two sets of HG2s is it HG2s that are browns I just call them the Pretty browns and the yellows yeah I've yeah, got I've got uh, a set of the browns in my together at the moment mm. uh, I was running Samsung 30 cues alternating between those when I was charging the others but my um 
Samsung 30 Qs are starting to get really fucking hot. Yeah. So it's like, right. they're done. Yeah. So they're now currently sitting in a battery box on my desk waiting to be disposed of. Right. So are um, these like battery packs that things like Samsung and stuff like, are making specifically though for no, no, vaping? Not, or is no, stuff no, they're not specific for of, vaping. Right. Uh, some of them are even now saying these are not just not for vaping because they're done risk. They don't want the association. The court, court cases right. where people have done stupid things and they've blown up. Right. They don't want the blame to be on them. So yeah. they're doing the disclaimer of, these are not designed to be used in these devices. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so, yeah, what I was saying was uh, I've got two sets of 30Qs, two sets of HE4s, two sets of uh, HG2s, two sets of VCT5As. Uh, in like so whenever you put a mar- marry two batteries together they stay together for the life cycle. you right. don't mix and match yeah. your batteries in pairs um, because you need to have them evenly discharging and recharging otherwise you can have one that's like way older than the other and you get really it can right. be quite dangerous um, that's how your face go boom well not so much how your face no. go boom but you could end up with problems um, <laughs> lacking so fingers I, the VCT5As I use predominantly in unregulated devices so I've got my Titan uh, SE pa- no Titan Parallel V2 Parallel which is an unregulated box uh, so I'm using VCT5As in there with a 0.1 that's the lovely um, pink, mu- pink number yes bright pink yeah. uh, with a point bruh, I knew I was going to keep it in my mic uh, 0.1 ohm build in there right. uh, and across two VCT5As that's like because you've got two batteries running in parallel the load across the batteries is split um, but yeah so I uh, where I was actually going with this was the two new batteries that were coming out the 2700 and 2700 Uh, they are higher capacity higher amperage drain limit right so uh, they're a little bit bigger but they're not like 26650 big which are quite fat they're just a little bit taller a little bit fatter like do they have a lot of weight to it that that's two 18650s in a fairly chunky style mod that's a Vupu drag yeah Um, it's yeah, but, I mean, it's, they, it's they, not... but then if you feel that one, that one's actually quite a bit lighter, even though it's in yeah. a sturdyish case. And then you've got some that use lipo packs, like this one. I mean, if you feel how light that is, that yeah, uses a lipo much, pack. Much lighter. That's a Vapor Shark DNA yeah. two hundred. Whereas this one again uses a lipo pack, but it's probably a bit heavier than Coils. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally, Nero's. guys. Uh, I'm, I'm literally doing like a weight test on these. So, yeah. hey, I know you can. You can definitely hear what the guys are saying. Um, uh, sorry, feel what the guys are saying. Yeah. So it's so yeah. There's a lot of variants, but these new batteries that because they have a higher capacity and a higher amperage drain limit, sure. they're inherently a little bit safer. Right. So you can they can you can build lower a lot sa- lower ohm builds a lot safer with those than you can with normal eighteen six fifties. It's especially good for. A single 18650 or single battery mechanical mods like mechanical tube mods especially because yeah. uh, they are literally just a cover or a brass sure. or a steel tube or whatever with a battery inside you're just creating a circuit by pressing up a contact um, yeah yeah, so, so you, it's going to make things a lot. A yeah. lot. It's re, it's exciting. It's really exciting, actually. So, so for the it's kind of the innovation for you, and then for, for you, Bung, like it, it seems to be more kind of juices. Am I right in that? Like you uh, you, you, you try yeah, out different I, juices, I, different. Yeah, I'm. I, I keep meaning to get into making my own juice. Right, it's okay. quite expensive doing what I do, which is I like to have so many different juices. Mate, sure, I'm the same. and it's just in, and um, I mean. 
I've got a fair few out there at the moment. I've got more in my bag. Right. I mean, um, yeah, because that's well, when I'm looking at, at yeah. both you guys, like I've Kyle's got a, got a lot of mods on, on uh, in I, front of him, and, and you've got a lot of juice. Yeah, it's I've kind got of like, a shelf full of juice out there. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> I mean, like Kyle's more sort of um, Nero, old Nero, 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 Nero. <laughs> Nero is more like I'll change my cotton before I change my juice, whereas. I'm very lazy and I'll yeah. He, I'll vape he dry. drips over different juices, and I'm like, no, no, no. I've got like that's one of the reasons I have so many mods on the go, right? Because I have I generally have now found that I can't. I I've tried, mm. but I have a minimum of five mods wicked, juiced, and I'm being actively vaped at any one time. Right. I take three to work with me every day. What? what why is that? I mean, it's just because like you I want like to change my juice. Yeah, exactly that. I like to vape like vape different flavors consistently throughout the day. Right. Because um, sometimes, like first thing in the morning, I like something a little bit lighter, a little bit fruitier, potentially mm-hmm. with a bit of a menthol kick to it. But I've been really favouring uh, mentholy fruit juice, sure. fruit flavours. So, um, yeah. So I, if you vape that, that is a lime. That is dead, uh, dead rabbit society green rabbit. It's lime kiwi with like a mint hint to it. Yeah, that's like my perfect morning juice. Okay, um, it's very light. Yeah, very light. Yeah, and then as the day goes through, I tend to move towards like I've got kind of yogurty, uh, sweeter yogurty vape, um, sure. which is one that I made. So like, it and went... then in the evenings I vape more kind of heavy bakery flavors. Sure. So when when you kind of first get into it, I suppose you've kind of got you know Amod and a, yeah. and a, a a couple of flavors you like. When I mean, because uh, you were saying you don't have to re-wick it every time, or you don't in your instance. Uh, you I don't in my instance. Well, I tend to one of them, like the one on the wash edge, which is on my uh, well, the recall rebel. Mm. Uh, that I only use one juice in. Right, uh, and at the moment I'm using favorite treats ice cream cake because I fucking love that juice. Sounds it nice. is so delicious. I'll have to so drip that in there. Um, yeah, uh, but with the well, I've got a Drugum on that one, and um, with that, that's more most of a sampling okay. nope. atomizer. So I'll just basically just I'll vape until it's dry, put something fresh on. I mean, the cotton in there I only put in a couple of days ago, and the because that's like, kind of interesting, right? Because like you're gonna have like I guess the previous juice that you're you're kind of yeah dipping on top of will have a lingering aftertaste mixed in with it. So you'll have to when you're yeah, transitioning through different yeah, I, flavors, I, I, you have to I have to sort of do a bit of a blendy sort of thing. So right. um, I'll tend to vape one liquid through. A few times, then I'll go to I'll go to the next one. I'll try to do something that's complimentary. Sure, oh, I'm never going to hitting my microphone. Vape that, and then take several like vape throughs on that one. Then sure. when I get bored of that, I'll move on to something else or go back to my. And is default. that a very sort of similar thing to uh, Nero, where it's kind of like you want to transition through different flavors during the day, or is it just that you like a real wide range of different uh, flavors? It's I'd like to just vary my palate yeah, <laughs> there is a benefit say. to uh, va- like vaping lots of different juices rather than vaping one all the time the same right because vaping vapor's one, tongue vapor's tongue which is basically if you vape the same flavour like constantly it starts to taste wrong or and this doesn't happen to everyone in what way what it, like of- I don't know it just like it loses some of the pun- the pun- like the punt of the flavour like it just seems to weaken like you yeah. don't notice the flavours as much okay and right, you right, basically right. find that you've over overstimulated your taste buds yeah is- I was going to say I, I imagine that's what it is it's, it's the overstimulation yeah. of a certain so range the, of yeah, like the best when, thing to yeah, do yeah. if you get that is to kind of uh, like what I do is I have a flavourless 
e-juice patch so i'll just mix up some pg vg with some nicotine in there and no flavor and i'll sure. just vape that for a couple of days and that kind of that and using stuff like mouthwash when you brush your teeth like really strong minty sure. mouthwash like um fucking listerine listerine which is what i yeah. use that really helps kind of revitalize your taste buds i find right but again this is all kind of subjective because not everyone suffers from of it and other people find different methods to help them so sure. um the other thing that i find is really key to avoid it is staying hydrated because right. vaping does dehydrate you to an extent like definitely found that at vape jam mm. just Crazy. so dehydrated the entire time i mean Also, that's my f- one of my favourite juices at the moment. Is that it is unbelievably I, sweet. I do like that. I do like that. That's very nice. I guess very actually, nice. with the with the way the conversation's gone, we I might switch around the sections and we'll do the kind of like new acquisition. Like yeah, the yeah, yeah. Go for it. Time go in for vaping it. kind of. Uh, thing. Mine, mine's probably going to be much shorter on acquisition. Well, in that so. case, you go first. Um, so, yeah, I've bought a lot of shit. So acquisitions wise, um, I'll go and get some of the other yeah. shit that I bought. Uh, the new Green Boy, uh, Green Boy, Grim Green and Own Boy, uh, Recall Rebel. I love which the is names. A gift from... I love the names, by the way. It's so good. Huh? I love the names they give all the juices. Yeah, that was well. That's um the atomizer on top of the um tugboat. Right. Um, got that from Kyle for my birthday. So thank you very much, buddy. Nero. Nero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's the only new equipment I've actually acquired since the last podcast. Um, but I did go to the states. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, made the most of the fact that I can buy nicotine juice over there in big fucking bottles. Right. Uh, and I bought myself um, what's well, Cloud Nine's Medusa milk, which is um, sort of like a milk on the inhale and then a vanillary custard on the exhale. Sure. Uh, so if you like. Because obviously, like you guys have been in the hobby for a while. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 calling it a hobby, I don't mean that sounds derogatory. <laughs> but you know, you, you've been in, yeah. in it for a while, so you've collected. I am a hobbyist Yeah. So yeah. So you've collected together a bunch of uh, mods and juices, and you can yeah. do that whole thing. When you were kind of starting out, and you had like one mod, did you find that like the the it kind of it changed the experience for you a lot more when you moved to two uh, and then like if you have two is, or it, um, is there do you have one where you kind of con- you use it as a palate cleanser and then one that you use as a, a, uh, a flavor or is it just no i tend no. to i tend to just have um i tend to sorry i'll talk actually talk at the microphone like i say i just tend to have that variety of flavors um the minty ones work as a bit of a palate cleanser right but the best palate cleanser you can do is like brush your teeth or use mouthwash. yeah sure sure yeah um and another new juice uh one that was made because we were out here oh well, i was out in portland oregon uh, for dave's wedding bizarre yeah good time um and thought i'd actually buy some local juice while i was there which was um it's or33's summit okay uh which is uh trying to make brown sugar maple and uh praline sure um and my god it is fucking delicious it is like vaping a a delicious pecan pie is so nice um yeah, and I picked up a few new juices since being back as well in the UK. Um, was it Ninja Man's chocolate milk, which has is by far the best chocolate milk I've tried by anyone so far. It is actually really, really good. Uh, and then my my go to being more 
vapor treats, <laughs> ice cream cake. It actually right. tastes that um, that milk juice. The yeah. milk one tastes like the Spanish chocolate milkshake. Yeah, the Chocchio. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, and also Anarchist White, which is um, there. Is that the cupcake one? I think. No, the black one's the cupcake. Oh, black one's cupcake. What's white? I think again? that's marshmallow. And that's yeah, like it's, uh, smalls. Yeah. Okay, yeah, no, yeah. That does sound nice. Yeah, that's nice. And I've got that in Zero Nick and uh, the. Uh, chocolate milk serenic as well. Mm. But. Um, anything else? Um, I th- think that might be it. Okay. Otherwise, well, onto the onto the <laughs> onto Kyle's. <laughs> um, I'm gonna have a nap. Yeah, <laughs> wake me right. in half an hour. I, I like. I, I kind of admitted I've got a problem. Yeah, I've got a real problem. But um, so since we last on, I bought. I don't remember if I had it during the last one. Um, but there's the Asmodus Minikin V2. I don't remember if I had it in the last one. I think I did. Um, but that's still one of my favourite mods that I own. Uh, I've got the... So what have I recently picked up? Uh, I picked up a Complife mech mod, uh, Gaia Twist, with a green, yellow fade. That's right. the one that looks like the cable that's twisting? Or? No, 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 that's no. this okay. one here. Oh, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, then I picked up... A Titan parallel, uh, unregulated parallel box Titan V2. Uh, had to get that shipped over from the States. Right. Um, but they had a sale on it, was like $100, which is like really good value. Right, right. Um, How much so you have to pay for customs? 30 quid. Mm-hmm. So it basically worked out just over 100 quid, yeah. which is not okay. too bad. Um, considering my Axis vapes was 500 quid before it left, left the state and it was an wow. extra 80 quid customs charge so it's still uh, like the best kind of mods and stuff are they still coming from the states and stuff like that or yeah. is it yeah yeah uh, th- there's I a couple suppose... of them there's a couple of UK mech mod producers which are doing really well uh, Endless Mods um, they make some really nice like simple brass and copper mech mods sure and um, also um cloud chasers is ccc cloud right. chasers community or cloud chasers i can't remember what it stands for uh i know the ccl which is the cloud chasers uh cloud chasers limited which is a Dutch no no company, it's ccc but, uh, it's ccc um because they do the underdog mod and the underdog <laughs> v2 they're really good is it the cambridge the cricket club yeah <laughs> <laughs> or the cambridge um, conservative club <laughs> <laughs> Um, what else did I pick up? Oh, I picked up a um, Lost Vape Theory on DNA166, which is the DNA250 chipset, but takes dual 18650, so it's limited to 166. Uh, limited edition black with carbon fiber and white and black actual fucking snakeskin. Wow. Which is really nice. Um, great mod, DNA board absolutely fantastic it's everything you want from a DNA it's a DNA device that runs on 18650 so you can just swap the battery out instead of having to charge a lipo not that I have anything against the lipo devices I really like them as well yeah. um, the power delivery off a of lipo is fantastic uh, that's what I love about my I do point. like my 18650 devices as well um, also on the 18650 train I put, picked up a Vupu drag lovely looking mod it's lovely hitting sh- mod but to hold is so it's uncomfortable it's so uncomfortable it's got the sharpest fucking corners right. everywhere it's like it's a really really nice mod and it's like really really it's like 50 quid and it's for what you get for 50 quid is fucking fantastic yeah um, 
great it's value really for money. Well made. But... It's really stood constru- construction. The resin version looks absolutely fucking gorgeous. It, it looks really good. Um, and it's got a fantastic chipset, which kind of rivals the DNA for uh, accuracy, and it has some of that functionality in that you can connect it to your computer and do yeah. things with it. Um, so it's yeah, it's a really really good chip. Um, nice. It doesn't have quite the level of customization that the DNA device does, but it's still sure, sure. It's, for the price. For, for the price, it's for the price, really, yeah. really good. Um, and then I think my most, ex- I bit, bought a couple of RDAs, which I'll go through next, and a tank <laughs> as well. Um, <laughs> but I also picked up, and this is my most recent purchase, was a purge mod. After saying. I can't, I can't, I can't buy a purge mod. I can't justify the expense of buying a purge mod. Purge mods are fucking That's expensive. how it always begins. You can't justify I'm the like, expense I'm like, of like, something. We, and we, then people... we went and looked at purge mods uh, while we were at vape, vape Jam, and I'm like, I want one. Bungle, take me away from here before I buy one. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, I bought one. Yeah, I yeah, wasn't there to uh, stop him. Yeah, I just so I got the purge mod twisted, which is one of the cheaper versions of like so the purge mod that was like two hundred and fifty, right. but purge mods like the Hangerman engraved ones, like the right. Suicide King or the Ceno Evil, they're like four hundred. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. And what makes them more expensive? It's just the. Uh, it's uh, just the the like quality of manufacture. Right. So I mean, this twisted mod is made on a seven point CNC machine, which is how they get that twisted like effect with the. Like, like the bev- oh, I don't know what the word is beveled maybe I, mean, I don't yeah. know but it, it, it looks like ridged. a twisted cable like yeah something. it yeah. looks like a, tw- a twisted cable yeah, um, yeah and it's made from solid copper and the, the detailing on it is amazing like the quality of the threads are buttery smooth it's got the biggest fucking switch assembly known to man it, like as you can see it just keeps fucking going yeah. that's the switch Oh, okay. um, it, and it is just a honking great bit of metal about an inch and a half for people because yeah. you're listening you've you can't got see. like so many threads but it hits amazing it looks fantastic although I do have to polish it daily because fucking copper taints so bad yeah. um, <laughs> taint <laughs> just patinas I believe is the proper word yeah. a patina I like the word taint though <laughs> yeah um, it's tainted with the human filth wow. um, but uh yeah, it, oh, I fucking love it. It comes in this fucking brutal, uh, like, gun case as well. It's fantastic. Um, in fact, I've ri- The button is very heavy. Yeah, it's on the... The button's heavy. It's on the bottom. You might need more than your little finger. Yeah. Yeah. Very smooth. Yeah, that's the coils and the uh, juice and stuff that I've got in there. But the the mod, just the power delivery on it's really good for a and it's a, wow. uh, for a single. That's that's a there. lot of stuff though. That's a lot of stuff. Uh, so that's not all of it. <laughs> well, um, so recent, I also picked up some ODB battery wraps. The pickle Rick. Oh man, <laughs> pickle Rick. Yeah, I um, love Rick and Morty, but I hate what people are mid- like that. Oh, yeah, the yeah. McDonald's flavor. Oh, it's no. like, I know. Don't I be know. a fucking dickhead, man. Yeah, and the people and the saying, is- "Oh, you have to have like the big IQ to like Rick and Morty to understand it." It's like, no, fuck off. It's fucking funny. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, but people kind of miss the point and take yeah. it way too seriously. And also, all the fucking twats being dickheads at McDonald's. Yeah, you love Rick and Morty so much. Listen to what he says when. Don't be sheep. Think for yourselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so, 
RDAs I'll quickly run through Sorry Tangent We were trying to We were trying to paddle our way Through Bungle But no We've been dragged back into the, so, the acquisitions So I'm just going to reel off the, the RDAs I'm just going to reel off the RDAs And say good or bad uh, And tanks and whatever Can you put the um, the timer From um, either Countdown Or is no. it on um, <laughs> No you can't The price is right there Din 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 Or is that Jeopardy That's Jeopardy time, that was on yeah. <sighs> That's to be going in the back room while you're doing your RDAs. So I got myself a recoil rebel as well um, when I got Bungle his uh, birthday. Um, I got a goon 1.5, a anarchist riot, <laughs> a dead rabbit, lots of dead rabbits, um, and a Kylan tank. The uh, Kylan RTA, which is really, really nice. Oh, and I did get another mod as well. Fuck. I got the uh, Tesla Nano Steampunk <clears throat> mod. Okay. Uh, which is in the other room. But sure. a, 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 a fucking amazing mod for 45 quid. Right. Temperature control and shit, but as a, just a regular wattage mod, it... It, it has off. a physical off and on switch. Yeah, it really does. Really? It's amazing. Yeah, like, that's you don't cool. have to five five on five off or anything. It's great. So it's, it's, I apologise for my horrible cough and my dry hit there as well. Yeah. By the way, it's right. <laughs> that was the driest of all hits. Well, <laughs> one way of making sure your coil's clear for any <laughs> Obviously, I've also bought a fucking metric ton of juice, but I'm not going to go into that because I get sure. through about fucking 120 mils of juice a week at least. Oh. Um, so yeah, that's that's been that's been the like. So it's been a while since we recorded, and I've had chance to buy a lot of shit. Yeah. And also got I, when I come back from Japan, because I've already tracked down loads of vape shops in Japan. I'm gonna be hitting them up. Is, it, is it big over in Japan? Or? Apparently so. There's vape shops all over fucking okay. Tokyo. Um, but it's very isolated, so like I, you don't hear much about the Japanese vaping community in right. the vaping community over here. Like UK, America, e- Europe, yeah, that's all kind of intertwined a lot. There's a lot of stuff um, kind of and China maybe a bit well, of Russia right? and China, but Japan right. seems to be this kind of like we know it's there and we know there are people doing it and sure. it's a it's a thing there, but it just seems to not really there's not that to and fro. I guess. Sure, sure. I mean, there's a lot of stuff with Japan like that, though, right? Mm. Where it's, it's there is a slightly more. Basically, I want to see if I can find octopus juice. Octopus, <laughs> like, I mean, come octopus on, you can get octopus flavored Kit Kats. There's got to be an octopus juice out there. Oh, so, completely off topic, but slightly still on topic. Like, so apparently, the new delicacy in Japan is sashimi chicken, raw okay. chicken. Mm. No. No. No, right? No, I mean, a, like, they say they use the best chicken they can get to minimize the risk of salmonella. I, I don't think you should be, like, minimizing the risk of salmonella. You should just be not getting salmonella. No, yeah, but we've got to remember like, this is the so, same country that has um, Fugu, where eat these tiny portions of this puffer fish. If I can't slightly wrong, you are going to have an agonizing death. Yeah. But, um, so what they do with this chicken is they just sear it either side like you were doing like a fucking prime fillet steak just and then they serve it to you wow and it's like why I because I I mean you've all bought a chicken from the you know what a raw chicken feels like horrible yeah Yeah. I imagine it's not dissimilar to eating raw clams yeah yeah like that slimy snotty 
except it will taste like raw chicken and not clams. But that's going back to your ancestors, Carl, where you just run into the field and grab it by your teeth and just... <laughs> yeah, yeah and, those, and those guys shat in a bush and yeah. hit each other with sticks. It's also believed that the reason... now and hit, <laughs> hit each other with more powerful sticks. I love that whole <laughs> stuff of like trying to go back to what our ancestors did. It's like, yeah. they did things very badly. That's yeah. what they yeah. did. They did things that the, like, as we have done for all history. We've but always tried to... Like, it's believed man evolved from that stage because we started to cook the food because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we realized oh we get a the meat is better for us and we get it on well it helps us actually be able to metabolize the protein good yeah yeah i mean don't get me wrong i still love a, a rare steak oh god That's... yeah like uh, fillet steak i will have i will eat like virtually raw because like so uh, i made a salad the other week which was like seared it was like a seared beef carpaccio type thing so it's basically just got fillet steak seasoned it nicely seared it for like maybe a minute either side so the center was pretty much raw but it just had this light sear around the outside just cut into very thin slices and served with some rocket tomato and mozzarella fucking lovely Mm. sorry i just gourmet out a little bit (laughs) yeah Gourmet right in his trousers. We've well, been cheesecaking a lot, right? Oh god, I've made like in three weeks. I made three fucking baked cheesecakes. Wow. Um, I only got to try one of them. They're good. The one I tried was delicious. Uh, so I made the first one I made that Bungle tried was a lime and chocolate based cheesecake. So the actual cheesecake mixture <coughs> is 350 grams of Philadelphia full fat, 400 grams of mascarpone. Uh, 200 grams of caster sugar, four large eggs, two egg yolks, and the juice of four limes. Right. Whisk that up, uh, and that's your cheesecake, like, cake part. Sure, The sure. base was made from the co-op's uh, truly irresistible triple chocolate cookies. Right. <laughs> yeah, um, and that's just those cookies blitzed up then with about 75 to 80 grams of butter, um, and then you just let, put that in the fridge and let it set as the base pour the mixture on top, stick it in a big bain-marie, and this isn't like a 21-inch um, spring-formed cake tin. Right. Um, you wrap that in tin foil in the way that you do for this, and then you stick that in a bain-marie uh, in the oven for an hour, comes out, let it cool down. Once it's completely cool, put it in the fridge, and then take it out 20 minutes before you serve it, take the spring form off, and done the second and all that that's the base the 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 eggs the cheese the caster sugar um is the base of the cheesecake main part of the cheesecake and then you just add different flavorings so the second one i did was a pumpkin spice baileys so that was just instead of the juice of four limes put 150 mils of pumpkin spice baileys in there and the base on that one was made from uh tesco's finest chocolate coated ginger cookies Mm. <laughs> and then the third one was a pistachio one where I got um, an Italian pistachio sweet cream, put three tablespoons of that in and about five drops of actual pistachio flavouring, okay. uh, cupcake flavouring. Uh, and the base was made of Tesco's finest white chocolate pistachio and cranberry cookies with a small cookie s- small yeah. sprinkle of Maryland double chocolate in there just to give it a bit of chocolate. Um and then uh, blitz pistachio salt, salted pistachios on top never been a pistachio guy really oh, I fucking love it yeah. it's one of my favourite flavours uh, it, it's one of those things if I get a packet of pistachios I'm probably going to end up with just a room full of nutshells and <laughs> yeah. nothing else yeah you can buy them de-shelled 
I know there's kind of like yeah, a, a thing actually. There's that's, a sense of achievement when you're right. when you're sitting there no, no, peeling no, your own nuts. You're like, yes, I'm the man in this the, situation. The thing I like, the thing like roasted and salted. You're gobbling your own nuts. The thing about roasted and salted pistachios is actually just sucking on the shell after you've eaten the nut. Yeah, but after you've eaten the nut, you yeah, you eat the, the nut shelf. and then you just put like you just, yeah, just pop yeah. it in your mouth. Yeah, just pop it in your mouth and just suck on the shelf for a bit because they've got yeah. so much flavour on them. Just keep sucking after you've had the nut. <laughs> oh fuck! Off. Take the nut. <laughs> 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 oh, children, children. You're the one who kept saying it. Yeah, just the way you kept saying it. Hey, mom. I, I didn't start the fucking timer. Oh, you twerp. Uh, we'll, we'll never know. We'll never know. We'll just keep, we'll we'll just keep talking forever. Um, I think we've been going for about 38 minutes. Yeah. yeah so, we'll, uh, um, we'll start ambling towards a bit of a, a bit of a, a bit of a, a bit of a ray. Um, no, we'll amble towards a bit of an ending for the segment. Once again, I'm just going to mention this now and I'll mention it again. And again. <coughs> Don't know particularly what tracks I'm using because I, I normally pick those out in post. But music again this week or this month or this episode will be courtesy of Overclock Remix. Um, I will link to uh, the artists and the particular tracks that I've used in the description as well as just a general link to Overclock Remix. Um, for those that don't know, Overclock Remix is a resource of royalty-free, freely distributed uh, remixes of video game music. Sure. Um, it's very good. It's it's phenomenal. Some of the guys on there do such amazing work. If you are a fan of Sonic the Hedgehog, oh my god, the music, the amount of remixes of Sonic the Hedgehog. All that um, old Nintendo stuff and chip yeah. stuff has all yeah. kind of been redone in like these real kind of you know interesting like, ways. And it's you would think like how many different ways can you do this? Oh, so many, and so many of them are dubstep. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but there's some really good drum bass there's some really good like orchestral yeah stuff I, see, I dig the orchestral so, stuff some of the re- redo- redos of uh, Final Fantasy music is mm-hmm. amazing oh god what's the name of the guy on YouTube who does all the acapella video game stuff oh, I don't know uh, I'm not sure I watch a lot of because uh... oh, he is fucking amazing it's just him doing all the different parts acapella yeah and basically it just has like the video is basically just him multiple on multiple of him. copies yeah, of his yeah, face yeah. just doing all the different bits to like computer I think games. I know the guy you're on about he did uh, a really good one for Baba Yeti which is the Civ 4 music mm. which is really good like the, the first piece of, actually yeah the first uh, video game thing to win uh, so the first video game piece of music to win a um, Emmy oh no what's the no I forget what it's called the the, the Grammy. Grammy, that's it. Won a Grammy. Grammy. Yeah. I thought you said Grabby then for a, a second. Grammy. It won a Grammy. <laughs> it, it won a, won a uh, was it? Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, Harvey Weinstein. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, I hate, I hate a, myself for that. We've hit the bad taste barrier. Oh, fuck it. It's you like know. Mark was here. Yeah. <laughs> I, feel, I, I feel bad for saying that one. God, he's a Dude. cunt. Yeah, yeah he is. That, I mean, that's some crazy stuff, though. I mean, like, it's... Uh, the we sad were, thing is because it's not unexpected. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, people in, in p- positions of power yeah. who have kind of got a a kind of a circle and a network around them that they can enforce through power and is sort of self-perpetuating essentially you know being able to basically do whatever the fuck they want for an extremely long period of time without getting called out because of the the fear and the kind of uh the level of career control that these people have i mean and that this isn't going to probably be unique to and i don't think anybody would be surprised to find that it's probably not unique to 
any kind of major industry even. No, no. It's People like with an obscene level of power and privilege and stuff. It, I mean, it, it's sad that we all think that it's in a way not that surprising that someone in this kind of position would do that kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, completely. I mean, but in terms of like, you know, where we are in the world right now, nothing fucking surprises me. No. 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 You know, it's like, oh, nuclear war with Korea. Okay, right, bad time. <laughs> <laughs> fucking what else? Don't worry, I'm, I'm going to be whitewashing my house and windows this weekend. Ready? <laughs> um... <laughs> I'm going to Japan. It's gonna, like really mental that I'm literally like when we. St- this is the thing. When we started planning that holiday, none of this shit had happened. And then we was like, "Yeah, book tickets to Japan, yay!" And then I mean, the, the next thing news: nuclear missile fired over Japan. You're like, yeah. hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't care. I'm still. Yeah, going. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, you don't care. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, we. Well, it's it's like. Yeah, I mean, you do. Yeah, you do care, but well, it's not going to adjust it's, your plans in no, life. No, no, I think that's important. I think thing to I take. think it's something that our generation have grown up under the consistent knowledge that any time something could happen that would trigger, we have the we have the power to annihilate ourselves off the fucking planet. Sure, oh, yeah. we've grown up pretty much with that knowledge all our lives. Well, I spent yeah. well the first seven years of my life with the the fall of communism in the Soviet yeah. Union. Yeah, I mean, and I if anything was going to get fucked and up, then that from was there, a... you've got the uh, troubles in Ireland, which obviously yeah. had been perpetuating, and they've not stopped, not stopped really. And then uh, obviously all, all all the other actions now around the world. We had that kind of weird period, I guess, during like uh, sort of, I guess, the Clinton era, or like, like yeah, the late nineties into sort of two two thousand. Where... Falklands. Yeah, it was true. It's true. What? Falklands Gulf. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Falklands was the seventies, eighties. Yeah, the first. Yeah, it was the eighties. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, whereas you got like um, Gulf War One, yeah, which was um, late nineties. Um, Clint and basically started in with started H. With w. Clint, Bush. Yeah, yeah. started with Bush, finished with Clinton, finished with Clinton. Then you went to Bush, but I think C- Bush Junior effectively and went right back into Gulf War, finishing where like, his dad started. Yeah. I think like that and the Falklands, though. Like, don't <coughs> they in some kind of way? Because that was kind of war where everyone was distant and able to watch it from an armchair. Yeah, yeah. right. Like, it was almost like kind of televised war. Uh, well, and obviously you, horrible for all, things for all of us except for like, um, the big the big change in society really in that respect happened on 9-11 yeah. there's no getting around that and for all of us th- we were all relatively young when that happened mm-hmm. I mean I personally was still at school when that happened I was at sixth form yeah I, I was working in a post office right and I remember <laughs> Uh, so I was, I was working as a post office clerk with the same person there and I'd have all these people obviously come in I'd give them their you know gyro checks and stuff uh, and then like but all these people on that day kept coming in saying it's awful isn't it and I thought I, I legitimately thought they were talking about the weather so so every time I said oh yeah no it, it, it's terrible out there and stuff I was making all these kind of things and yeah. people assuming just assumed that I knew what they were talking about it yeah. wasn't until I got home and I well no when, when I left work because this post office used to be the back of a news agent they slapped down the papers obviously and this was you know the whole the whole shebang was laid out. You know, yeah. Uh, and I was like, Jesus, remember, that was um, such a surreal cycle. Home. Well, I was um, I was actually bunking off school, smoking dog bar of all things, smoking Wee. hash. Uh, um, at my friend Mike's house. Right. Like uh, Mike was like old me. I think he was like twenty odd. Yeah. Uh, he was about. I would have been about f- 
2016-ish, I think. Um, yeah, we were just sat around there smoking weed, and we'd happened to finish watching a Steven Seagal film, took that VHS out of the video player. For sure. Um, and as we took it out, it just switched to normal TV, and it was the news. And then we kind of sat down and went, what the fuck? Like, we, we thought we were watching, like, a made-for-TV movie at first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were just like, and then we realised, no, this is legit happening. This is the news. Uh, wow. Me, um, I came home from sixth form, uh, turned the TV on, and basically just bang, BBC News. And it was just like, yeah. one of the buildings of World Trade Center has been hit. And it's just like, it's a bit fucking random. So keep watching to find out what's going on. Then the second plane fucking hits. It's just like, wow, yeah. Wow, that, that's pretty fucking insane. I and mean, what was crazy about it is, uh, I mean, obviously, as I say, I didn't get to see it all unravel yeah. at the time. Um, oh, sorry, unfold at the time, but it was kind of weird looking back is like when you watch the progression of that day and the coverage yeah. during that day because when it obviously first happens uh people thought maybe it was an accident or mm. something and, yeah. and then obviously it kind of when when the second one goes in it sort of escalates and it's interesting listening to like the coverage of the time so like i do those kind of weird things when you're on one of those kind of youtube rabbit holes that you yeah. go down and i did one a little while ago just watching a bunch of stuff basically just radio broadcasts and things and, and news media reporting and, and just comments generally they'll kind of literally during the day it was really interesting to watch it all and difference mm. in people's interpretations reactions i mean it's a bit it's a bit weird to go back and look at it you know yeah 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 and to see like that moment when sort of like in essentially it's one of those kind of moments in history where things do legitimately change oh yeah well i mean yeah. well, look at the world the the scope of the world now and the scale of it like secure security heightened height no what's the word i'm looking for heightened security that's it yeah. fuck it, i'm just putting the words ass about face yeah um, the, the whole world is in just an, this perpetual state now which has become the norm yeah. of heightened security if you just look at the, the drastic changes that have happened just to air travel alone yeah. and the thing the thing that's most I suppose one of the most upsetting not upsetting but <sighs> ironic maybe things about this is that, that what we've done is exactly what they sure. wanted to achieve they wanted a us to, to fundamentally change the way our lives work we got like basically they they instilled a state of terror yeah. which is the exact point of terrorism and but yeah. that's that's the kind of the, the 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 tragic and the scary thing about terrorism and the thing that people don't want to say is it works is it works right yeah. terror is terrifying well, and it's like, the thing is that the the only the thing is with it, it works, but it also works, and this is why it keeps happening, and this is going to sound really conspiratorial, like crazy cuckoo fucking conspiracy theory nut guy, but governments, politicians, they know how to use terror to get oh, yeah. what they want. There's a- They've become very, very adept, very quickly at manipulating situations such as terrorist attacks I think- to bring about policies yeah. which under normal circumstances people would not stand for. I, yeah. Look at the Edward Snowden leaks. Look how little people actually fucking cared yeah. because they were like, well, if it stops, if it saves my child or if it <laughs> stops one soul getting killed, it's worth it. When really, actually it's not it's not no. worth your civil liberties and your privacy to 
live in a world without fear. Sure, I mean, as, I, yeah, sorry. Go there's on. a great documentary in regards to that, which is called the uh, the Politics of Fear. Yeah, that's, um, that's really worth good. watching. It's not a conspiracy theorist film. It's done by a legitimate journalist. Oh, this is what I mean. What and I said, what I'm, it sorry, is, I yeah. what I'm saying, it sounds conspiratorial, but it's yeah, really not. It's really not. The governments thrive for a fearing populace because a populace that's in fear is easier to control than a populace that has nothing to worry about. When you've got nothing to worry about, you're and more concerned about, hold on, you're doing this this way. Whereas yeah. if you're like, shit, am I going to get blown up by. Uh, the reason it works so well is because the mainstream media also benefits from this because terror sells papers terror sells news yeah i think something's important to note though i mean i i don't disagree with you that that is certainly uh, a proponent of it but i think you have a bit of a chicken and egg situation with the fact that we're dealing with an interconnected age where and i'm talking on on a, on us when you have people able to communicate we're their thoughts and fears you can say it as we are effectively in everybody else's living room yeah and so we generate fear as yeah, well completely. we we, oh, yeah. we definitely uh, bring about a state where we're, we're like what are you going to do about it if you think about when 9-11 happened it was the tr- like I know we had the internet in the 90s and so on but it wasn't really till around the age of 9-11 where it was starting to become really really commonplace for everybody to have internet access in some variety and even then like m- not completely um, and I think if it was like it's like a, a perfect storm almost of that happening just as interconnectivity was really starting to burgeon like mobile phones becoming more of a thing as well and it just all worked YouTube, together a per- video twitter all these kind of things <laughs> were coming fact, around 9-11 i remember like it was that same handheld camera footage that showed up everywhere and and this is how things have have been since then as well right we've got this this way where everybody is essentially a, a broadcasting tool right? yeah. and, and this is encouraged as well right like it's seen as it's a desirable thing is. to put yourself out there to a certain extent and yeah. release your perspective on the world and 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 the problem you have i mean i'm a big supporter of this i believe that communication and and, and getting as many people communicating with each other <laughs> as possible we're sitting here doing this podcast what we need to do. <laughs> i mean yeah exactly the problem the problem with the intercommunication arises when you realize there's a lot of people that don't want they they're out there with their opinions but they don't want to hear the opinions of others they take their opinion as gospel fact yeah i think that, that in inter- like it, what i try and do is i sort of think about it from like where does does that spawn from well that spawns from this kind of underlying frustration that i see in in the average not person. just frustration but fear as well but 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 the frustration you see is that you have the ability to broadcast yourself to ex to express yourself but not really to be listened or heard or uh, and not to have anything that you really say acted on and, and and you can and obviously people will say to you, you know you can vote and you can participate in in government and stuff and you can but you're kind of led to believe by the some of these sort of tools that are around you that you are a special snowflake and that your yeah. vision of what the world should be like and your little echo chamber of people who think the same way that that, that has some kind of weight to it when you're actually in a in a, in a a vast system that covers many different cultures, many different peoples, with generationally different ideas that sort of spans an entire globe. 
you know, and and all of this feeds into each other. You're no longer really truly a sort of an individual in your town anymore. You're no. kind of a collection of views that are being that you're bringing into yourself, and you're also absorbing from the outside world. You know, and that's kind of making you. Uh, you know, you look at. In some ways, we're looking at this age now, and we're sort of saying, like, you know, people are more uh, divided than ever, or people are more nationalistic than ever. But if you actually think about it in terms of our generation, for example, and the generations that sort of preceded us, we're the most interconnected generation. We're the most socially welcoming generation, generally speaking. Obviously, you get people who are. There are the wide directs. Well, this is where it comes back to that generational thing. Is like if you look at some of the major political things that have happened over the last 12, 18 months, especially with Brexit and the Trump uh, debacle, the Trump incident, shall we call it? Those were maybe the Trump one less so because that was more predicated on. Yes, there was definitely an element of generational things there, but I think there was also an element of social, political, um, social status element, which is very, very. Uh, is a lot more extreme in the US than it is over here. But over here with Brexit, yeah. it was very much a generational See, I, decision. See, I wasn't surprised that that was the thing. Like, a lot of people uh, didn't think that it was going to happen. I, I really thought it was going to happen. Well, um, I, I, like, so, you know, like any reasonable reason person, I genuinely considered both options. I, I, there was a period of time where I was leaning towards voting Brexit, but I continued to do research and look into it. And the more that I dug in, the more I, I came to the realization that, yeah, okay, there are certain things about the EU which are not great. There are the 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 establishment is overreaching and overbearing in a lot of respects. Yeah. Um, and it's very, it can be very, very wobbly, I suppose. But, uh, but. You, what I was going to say is you, you you have no chance to change it if you're out and you would the general thing is leaving is the less sound safe option sure and and I think like but, but beyond that it's kind of this idea of um, when you're interacting with people uh, that you kind of we kind of naturally build these kind of echo chambers around ourselves you know and we kind of seek out compliant ideas to our own sort of ethoses and and ways of thinking and it's important to sort of challenge yourself and challenge your views and there's actually people have become kind of obsessed with this idea of winning arguments for example i mean if if any and i'm sure everybody listening to this who's involved in any kind of internet thing or whatever has done that thing where something they see triggers them in some way and they end up responding to some comment online and you end up in this kind of stupid tit for tat conversation with some person who might just be trolling you or they might legitimately believe this thing and essentially neither of you are going to back down on your point of view You've, you've gone into the argument with the idea that you're right and you're going to end the, the, the argument this opinion you're right it's very rare I mean how many times have you had a conversation with someone a random person online yeah and really got them to say that's a valid point of view I'll, I'll no one no, no, no it, like, hardly online, ever hardly the, ever the, it's the anonymity of being <coughs> online that allows you that security of saying I don't have to respond in a, a socially acceptable manner to this person sure. I can just say I can be the asshole 
and just say no i'm fucking right and beyond that you you say i'm gonna win yeah as well like if if, mm. you, if we're talking right now and we have a disagreement we're much more likely to want to find common ground we're much um, more likely this, to want to seek out a, a level of understanding uh, of why we both think this thing because we're in the same room and this yeah. is th- i think this is now becoming more more extreme problem uh especially post the trump administration because of that their active um disregardment of facts and their 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 you know fake news facts are facts are becoming a matter of opinion now fact like you can't have a discourse about a factual thing because that factual thing is the thing that always comes up in debate Mm -hmm. it's not you're not in you're not discussing the effects of the factual thing you're discussing where it always comes down to whether that thing fact is actually factual or not the the discreditation of experts the way and and we're kind of entering a sort of a, a situation where uh, it's almost kind of Paul Pottish in a way it's, of it's, kind of doing away with the people with the glasses on. You know what mm, I mean? Like yeah. doing we don't we don't want these expert opinions. We've got enough expert opinions. It's what you'll hear. This kind of it's kind of pushed out a lot. Like you know, you, you know, you don't know anything because you've you've only been studying it. You know, for fucking ages and done lots of peer reviewed yeah. studies yeah. and stuff. But you don't know anything. Well, I just, know something because this anecdotal <laughs> piece of knowledge. Well, that I mean, I just have. look at the the, the current government stance on global warming in the US. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Uh, you know, it, it's even as far as Theresa May's kind of, uh, you know, vision of Brexit, uh, of like, yes, everything will be fine because we're Britain and we, we get what we want and Europe will cow to our whims. Yeah. No, we're British. We just get on with it and try not to complain too much. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> that's basically did, okay, it. Just for the quick start, did everyone see the Tory party conference and the P45 thing? Oh, uh, no, it's all the P45 thing. That was oh, fucking so hilarious. Funny. I'll have to dig out for you in the break because, sure. like, so some prankster, um, while Theresa May's giving her. Oh, no, I did see this. I did see this. Yeah, sorry, I did see that. Said, Boris yeah, asked yeah. me to give this to you. Yeah. <laughs> and and then, uh, um, he's a stand up comedian, isn't he? Uh, yes. I think so, but yeah. the, the 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 and then it was just after that the letters falling off the the thing at the back where it's like strong and stable yeah. all the letters yeah. falling off. I'm just like that combined with the cough. I was just like, oh, it's the perfect storm of things. This is the best Tory party conference ever. Yeah. <laughs> it, oh god. Oh, it was it's... the funniest shit. Um, anyway, we have been going for like an hour, okay. so I think we should uh, take that break that I just... I started talking... I literally, like, 20 minutes ago said, we should start ambling towards a break, and we went into some I'm here, deep we should just gone discussion. To be honest, we should have just gone to the break at that point. We're starting to amble a bit. Let's have a break. No, let's amble on to the break. <laughs> no, no, yeah. it, that wasn't even amble. That was going into, like, really heavy social political yeah. discussion. Well, we'll amble, then um, head up this fucking hill... Yeah. <laughs> a little ramble oh dear 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 well this is the rambling vapors you tuned in and we have something. Ian here so yeah, yeah. so it's the extra rambling, you know what you're rambling gonna get. vapors you know you, you, you know what you tuned in for too if, if you, what, you, gonna, you gonna, what you were getting into when you started playing this podcast yeah you're gonna now. see like no Ian sympathy. in the title and you're gonna be like oh fuck it's that guy again <laughs> yeah. like literally hell. if you started playing that's this that's two like, you, hours of my life never getting point, back if you started playing this and you're still fucking listening we have no sympathy for you yeah so you're obviously a masochist yeah Yeah. anyway we are gonna go for a break so enjoy the music from OC Remix fuck I even did the whole OC Remix I know I know I I was having none of it Cole (laughs) none of it you ain't cutting me off after fucking half an hour (laughs) I didn't come over here for half an hour and then you cutting me off right we we go for a break 
uh, enjoy the music by OC Remix and we'll be back <laughs> after this track um, oh. again links in the description <laughs> after the these messages only the crumbliest flake is chocolate tastes like flake no, it tastes like flake tastes like flake oh chocolate chocolate yeah, yeah. alright bye <laughs>
Lop hammer of justice. So I told these guys Sorry. that I was uh, I was considering going. I will be. I should let you say welcome back first. Tonight. Uh, yeah, I should probably should. Um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. Uh, no, no, but I'm completely sp- like okay. So we're back. Hi, hello. Hi. Um, I'm done. This I'm might. Done. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah, that's what you're getting from Bongo for the entire session. Yeah, I'm done. So I decided, right. like, I tell these guys about the fact that um, um, me and a mate are thinking of going larping. And Dave, I think, yeah, you and I. Uh, and um, Talking so I think you. I've kind of de- derailed their, their train of thought by like, oh man, yeah, I'm I'm so tempted. I've just been looking at Warhammers. <laughs> it's kind not, of cool. not Warhammer 40k or Warhammer. no, 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 as in larping Warhammers yeah, yeah. because I'll just make it, like, yeah. it's kind of very different to like a now modern larping. I think is a lot more maybe of an attractive proposition because the kit and the stuff looks so good. Yeah, now to maybe like how it looked like. The thing is though, to most people, you'll never get them past lightning bolt, lightning. Yeah. I get that, and I and, yeah. and I think like I, I which was, is a shame. As I was saying earlier, I think it's uh, like so many people just seem to not want to use their imaginations and find it very uncool. Yeah, I think so, and it does have that stigma, and I'm sure there is a certain truth to it as well, right? A lot of these things are probably are existent at the thing that I'm going to go to, but to a certain like, extent, what you mean basement dwelling neck bids well i think there is going to be a certain like but then this this goes to like a certain uh stereotype right of people who role play right like think about uh like how how you know we role play right like i mean we wouldn't necessarily think that we fit into that sort of demographic right we would think of ourselves not as introverted into a certain extent because i think really to role i don't think you can be introverted in role play i think you can but i think you need a certain um like it's a good that then at that point it becomes a certain sort of social uh, sort of thing to involve yourself in and to help you bring bring yourself out and it can be very beneficial like lots of people benefit heavily of having something like that a construct a social construct in which they can play just like board gaming or anything like this or meeting up with your your mates or with some kind of semi-regular process i think for quite introverted people something like role-playing can be very beneficial but i think if you are extroverted it it also it should be hugely appealing because you can actually sort of like engage yourself with your friends in a really kind of social way yeah and it feels very social way you're doing it it feels like this collaborative story that you're all telling the characters you know and and if you've got people who are really into it you you sort of feel like like, they're really part of it you know RPing just allows you to be not if you don't you're not being yourself you're being someone completely different yeah and you can explore that right which is kind of fun and have fun with it right have fun with being The, the, I had the so much fun being Loki. Yeah, seriously. Baked. What? <laughs> I'm just talking to the audience. It's yeah, it's, it was a side note. It was. A, it was. Uh, a... I'm just. I'm not talking to you guys. I'm talking to the audience. Uh, yeah, but you audience. <laughs> Especially you, Greg. But yeah, I mean, I think it's like you fucked up, weirdo. It gives you a chance to kind of explore something else and then yeah. have fun with it. As I was saying, like you know, you can and 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 assuming like playing Loki oh, God, for you, I think so was really fun. good fun. And it, but, but you made that character right, like you yeah. really owned him and you and you put a lot of yourself in him. And I think, well, you, not really. I'm not. I'm but not you know, some I mean, a lot of your, <laughs> no, but I mean, put a lot of yourself in terms of the effort you're willing to give. Like, yeah. 
a lot of people come up with the concept of this kind of, uh, I guess, yeah, Lafario Harry Potter, right? A lot of people kind of maybe come up with that <laughs> Lothario, kind of... Lafario Harry Potter. Well, that's kind of what uh, it was, like, in a way. More of a, more like a, a pyromancer. I'd <laughs> yeah. say more like a... a if we're going to go down the, the, the Hogwarts type, maybe more like a, a Lothario... Um, oh, God, what's his name? The, the guy that's actually a fake... The, the you know the yeah, yeah the no, guy that gets his brain wiped yeah, yeah. although oh. man, you were a legit wizard of course yeah I was a yeah, yeah that's what gym age like, you know. dude he, yeah, yeah. he was a fake no but I mean in terms of character like yeah. very flamboyant very outgoing yeah. oh yeah, yeah ladies yeah, yeah. man yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Complete yeah. opposite to what I am. I'm nowhere near as flamboyant. <laughs> but well, definitely like, not a ladies' like, man. Like I was saying, you're a basement dwelling neckbeard like yeah. myself. I think, <laughs> uh, I think uh, though, you guys all put a lot of energy into characters. Yeah. That's what I mean when you gave a lot yourself. Because you we're put- stoned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just get them drugged and then I then I get them to play with me. Basically, that's what yeah. happens. No, but it's like you put a lot of yourselves in, and I think you get a lot out of that. When oh you yeah, do definitely, that. definitely. Yeah. I think like especially in the early sessions, being baked helps you like kind of like just really loosen get, up a bit. Loosen up, definitely, yeah. definitely. Oh, I mean, it, it, there is a, there is a point of diminishing. Yeah, a point of no return. Even <laughs> there's a point where being baked has diminishing returns. Where a, you just a kind point of, like, of of an hour to climb up a, yeah, a hill. Yeah. There is a yeah. point of that. Re- no that return. that was brilliant. Well, I mean, that was a blunt. <laughs> that was, that was just insane. It's like we, I love how halfway through it was just Dave going, right? No, we need to get up this fucking hill. We need to do something, and it's just like da 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 da. Tangent starts again. We carry on for another half hour. Yeah, it's, it's very much like this podcast. It yeah, is, it was, and it, and I think in a sense. Uh, <laughs> I think that's why it was like yeah maybe we, where even this came from to a certain extent I don't yeah, take credit I mean, for it like, but that idea of getting together and rambling on something yeah yeah with yeah. a social construct you could call this a social construct right? oh yeah very much so I mean it's it's, mm. it's something that doesn't necessarily happen that frequently which is you just sit down and talk with no other medium in yeah. to interact enjoying with. the so company you, of the yeah, people yeah. you're so around you, and you're enjoying not their thoughts something, you're not playing something you will literally just discourse <laughs> Well, I mean, when you guys decided to do it, right, I think I remember you saying that you just sort of, you know, you proposed the idea and Bungle was like, yeah, okay, I'll be up for that. And well, it, yeah. it all actually came about because my Instagram started getting quite popular. Yeah. Right. So I was like, I've got quite a lot of people following on Instagram. I could capitalize this and potentially turn some of them into a part of our listener base if we were to do a podcast. Right. So I basically went, I've got like several hundred followers on my Instagram which I know isn't a lot, but no, that's no, something but... you can do something with, right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a starting place. It was like a hundred. It was like maybe two hundred and one or something at that point. Um, I'm now edging ever closer to a thousand. That's crazy. Um, I find stuff like this incredible, right? The idea that you can have, like, for example, like you guys put out this podcast and there's people who comment on it there's people who who listen to it who you never will know and it's not a case of that you don't yeah. know them it's not it's not like yeah. your mum's listening to it or like your your friends are listening to it it's like oh most and, of it, i don't think like i think you and uh, i think mark does dave mark, does dave does. does he yeah he does he oh, does cool. um mark then I, I know uh, one of my one of the guys I work with, Mark Smalls. He um, he listens to this. So actually, hi, Mark. <laughs> hi. <laughs> gonna, that'll that'll, uh, <laughs> that'll completely that'll, take him out. Of the, break yeah, the he'll completely like he'll completely not be expecting that. He's a really really good guy though. Yeah. Like yeah. really good guy. Um, <laughs> even if he works for the enemy. Uh, Mark. Mark. <laughs> Put the joint down, <laughs> Mark. Oh, he do, no, no, no. I don't know. No. Family man. 
Definitely put the joint down, Mark. <laughs> um, think of the okay, children. I was like, okay, I, I, there is going to be some kind of vape news thing happening. Maybe I'm debating whether I'll actually come back. I probably will, but I'm a little bit vape now, so I can ramble a bit more. Anyway, uh, but um, fuck, I was going to go somewhere with this. No, but I, actually, the, the, the whole well, I mean, vape articles should we call it in this instance? I guess like because. <laughs> Uh, you sent them out to us and I had a, a little read through and one yeah. of the ones that kind of jumped out at me was that one looking at um, this whole idea of having flavoured uh, Flavor flavours essentially being some kind of thing that will you know get children into yeah, doing it, it right? so it's the flavour band so actually there's a couple of art- there's like this is the one that I wanted to touch on first as well yeah. so well done All right. bravo bravo <laughs> so um, there's actually three articles that I found which are really interesting I'll link to them They're, all of them are on the uh, vaping post which is just a fantastic resource to find out what's happening in the world of vaping across the world they cover everything um, I mean I wouldn't say use it as your only source but it's a very good starting point and it's a very good place to Mm-hmm. to find source material to research further never trust just one news outlet yeah. always seek alternate news outlets yeah and different and opinions and stuff yeah. as well it's important actually and even if you disagree opinion based on as many facts yeah. and figures and whatever supporting evidence you can find oh, you always yeah. form your own opinion and um, view all all sources of the news from every single possible angle you can really yeah i mean just try to take inform yourself from, yeah message yeah i mean <laughs> it's like, i mean the biggest like thing i can think of recently in regards to people just <laughs> reading headlines of stuff on stuff that is equates to their viewpoint is um the news on that like, memo from google right yeah yeah where basically what was said and what was then broadcast yeah. as being said was was quite yeah, different. how they they cut out a load of his sources and stuff and yep. they cut out the massive section about how we can actually get more women into these roles but the fact he's and like they're cutting out all of the source material that he's had on that and various other shit and it's just like I mean, I think, like, uh, it's not unfair to call it a controversial article, but I think the way that it was improperly shown to everybody... Uh, and kind of, and this is what you have to remember when you're looking at something. You're looking at an editorialization yeah, of yeah, information. Indeed. Therefore, as with anything, if you're trying to make an argument, you don't make the argument based on things that give you a weak standing, right? You make an argument based on things that support what you're putting forward. Yeah. And everything you're reading has some level of agenda to it, some level of editorialization, because a conclusion has been drawn from this person's perspective of reality. And they're trying to demonstrate the strength of that belief in a very essentially short period of time. A a short span of words have to communicate why they believe what they believe and why they think it's a strong point of view. And that's what you're reading, right? So you're reading that level of interaction with that other person's words. It's not a case of some rounded thing where they're going to give you all of the sort of other side, the opposing side, the side that they've already kind of defeated within their own minds when forming their opinion and creating their article, as well-researched as it may be. What you're looking at is this sort of essentially an opinion piece that it is really just to push you down a, a channel, and it's important for you to look around those things. Yeah, and with that said, back to the actual yeah, articles. Sorry, sorry, um, sorry. So the flavor van articles. There's th- there's three that I wanted to touch on. So the first one is uh, about uh, New Jersey. So New Jersey 
um, are looking to try for a third time to ban flavors. Now, um, with the previous two one uh, attempts, Governor Chris Christie, who generally is regarded as being somewhat of an irrational decision maker, not very popular. Some of his decisions have been judged as very odd, very uh, rash. Isn't he um, historically not? thought of as someone who does well by his constituents a lot isn't like, he the um the tosspot who when all government parks and stuff were shut down including the beaches in new jersey had a private beach party with his family in one of those beaches that was technically closed and no one was allowed to use yeah that's the guy is he also the incredibly fat guy yeah who, that's the guy um, um so basically, the one good thing that he did do was when those two flavor bands came up, he vetoed them right. and stopped them from happening, which was generally heralded as a, re- a really good decision. Right. Um, fortunately, uh, the governor elections are coming up, and he's not re-running, so they're going to end up with a new governor. Sure. And very possible that they will be anti-vaping so we don't know for sure yet but it's uh sure so that's 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 back in the thought uh back in um the and obviously the the old the same argument is the one that you mentioned that it's it, it it's bad for the kids like someone actually said i can't like let me find the uh the source um yeah online comments such as think of the children and what about the children it's um well, I mean, kind of when I was reading it at first, obviously there's there's the part of me that, like like you guys, would just you know laugh at the whole thing. Yeah. But then it kind of also gets you thinking of I think there is, you know, a, a, a truth to the idea that there is a certain thing, a certain quality involved in both smoking and vaping and these kind of things that is attractive to people, right? Young, yeah. old, other people. And I I think there is a legitimate thing that can be said that. You know, there probably are people who, not as a means of getting off smoking, but as a means to do to in, engage in a hobby, have picked up vaping. Uh, and for, yeah, but it's it, the, the studies show that's actually in the small and, uh, no, and I agree. in the decline as well. Yeah, I would agree. And I, <clears throat> but what I'm saying is, I think there is a certain level of acceptance that, for one reason or another, I think probably from from cultural kind of historical cultural points of view. But basically, producing smoke from your mouth or, or a smoke-like substance is cool, and that is there is too, well, too or perceived as cool the, by a certain and then people. The, yeah. the one, the, so regardless of that bit, the fact or not, the the then argument is that well, better that than fucking smoking. No, I, I completely agree. Um, mm. I guess that, that, as I say, I mean, when I was reading the article, obviously, I had that that the primary opinion of, as I say, it, it's it's a joke and it's a laugh and all this kind of stuff. But I think. A, a healthy thing to do is think about that the fact that there is this kind of probably however small a subset of people that are brought into this thing uh, and but that's got nothing to do with with what is actually the mainstay of what vaping is and the yeah. fact that 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 really these flavors are created because you guys people like you enjoy them exactly right? yeah. and they the, make the your re- experience uh, better they while make a more appealing alternative to cigarettes exactly. that's the key thing it's, it, it is more appealing to have this selection of flavors and be able to have these pleasant tastes yeah it gives it um, a, a I mean, definite upside to smoking right because yeah. all of a sudden you can smoke something that tastes of strawberry cheesecake right yeah and I mean, it's like well that, I'm mean, gonna do that right on the, on the note of strawberry cheesecake I actually found the uh it was in the second article, which is about the piece of New York legislature that's been brought to um, 
producer flavor band so it was assemblywoman linda rosenfall um who introduced a bill to ban the sale and distribution of flavored e-liquids in new york now the stupid ass quote that i wanted to read was a quote from her which is that kind of product is meant to appeal to kids i don't know many adults who would like to God, fucking hitting the mic. I don't many know many adults who would like to inhale bubblegum or strawberry vapor. Uh, I, yes, I read please. the same thing, and yeah, I was thinking as like, I read it that like that you've obviously never engaged with the people. Yeah, you've never exactly. had a conversation with somebody involved in the hobby. Yeah. Like when you're when you're when you're going to make a, a policy on something, you should just as 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 a as we've been saying, you should go and communicate with the people on the opposite oh, yeah. side. When and get does that happen? Though? It doesn't. It doesn't. No. And that's that's the policy is made for the people judge on what's best for them by someone who is completely removed from them. And it's been the same with politics all through the ages. The decisions have always been made by the wealthy and those in power on the behalf of everyone else with minimal input from the public at large. The closest you ever got really to something that was a meaningful... almost democratic kind of or maybe oligarchy was the romans and maybe the greeks where you had a senate and a rep like there was a lot more replicate um representation of some of the peoples because you'd have the uh the you know the populist crowd like julius caesar that was very popular with the people and he brought power things that would benefit them and obviously still very agenda driven oh yeah completely um, uh, very much so uh, but i but think that the, then... the, they just seem to be yeah there seems to be more of a presence of a voice for varying sexes of society rather as one prevailing voice for the majority of well i think what this really feeds back to in our sort of situation is this homogenization of a uh, of a political and uh, media class that yeah. has a feedback loop. Yeah. So and that both f- these entities want to be popular. Right. Yeah. That's what you. Re- you what they're, they're founded on the idea that you need a certain number of people to support you to get elected and to s- stay elected. Also, uh, in terms of media, you need a certain number of people to justify the existence of your media on a very vast media platform. So these signals that get sent. And fed, so you're getting a populace that are being informed of certain message, maybe based off opinions that were drawn much, much earlier and much, much less informed state. That then feeds into the media. That then gets more people and more people, and then and the those people is, are then choosing who is in office. In the media, it's very, very common that you will see a politician back that up of because it puts them in a favourable light exactly. in the media. And that's the feedback. And that right? that very feedback loop is what fucking breaks democracy. Mm. I mean, that's why the importance of having politicians who uh, consult, and that's why you have consultory bodies, right? That's why things uh, like the House of Representatives exists or uh, the House of Lords or something like this. And we have that on a better scale than they do in America because the closest thing you have in America is Congress and congressmen. Yeah. And they are about as useful as a fucking chocolate fire guard. Well, I mean, it's, it's... I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I agree, but I think that that there is that whole point of that it's it's getting rarer and rarer. Especially as we were saying earlier, you get this age of people ignoring expert opinion, ignoring the idea of what it, it, what well, is yeah, factually true necessarily. Bo- these very consultory bo- bodies now were being actively discredited by anyone who they're they, all called quangos. Yeah, right? we call them quangos. That's part mm. of what 
has become the lexicon for for their role they're seen in a derogatory way right and of course there are advisory bodies and groups with agendas that enter into politics and have made maybe and backed by experts and studies that are self-supporting and maybe not correctly done these things exist and and you know are rightly uh sort of lambasted even for their kind of their role but there's also a very large proportion of researchers doing incredible research based on you know, uh, very large studies that are very well conducted through a scientific method that is the best thing that we human beings have of perceiving uh, and influencing reality. These kind of, these groups, I mean, let's look at some of the uh, stuff that's been done on vaping, looking at it over here in in the UK. We've done a lot of research on this kind of stuff. Very much talking on that subject in relation to the two previous articles that we touched touched on um, to do with flavour bans. There has been a study recently uh, by the Yale School of Public Health and the Centre for Health Policy at the Imperial College in London. Uh Um, They have actually done a study showing the potential harm in flavour bans. Yeah. Um, so they they basically show have shown that uh, recent quitters display a preference for fruit sweet flavored e cigarettes, uh, but not for other flavored e cigarettes. And also, like they've shown a specific preference for a specific type of juice for recent quitters, there is elements there that are appealing. not you'll find it's very very in the minority uh, of those recent quitters that will go to a tobacco flavoured juice Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like I only recently myself started enjoying tobacco juices again uh, like actual flavoured tobacco juices I've got a couple in in there which are proper just they taste like really rich really really nice steeped rolling tobacco that really you know when you get that aromatic tobacco that's got that almost vanilla like vanilla-esque scent to it like pipe tobacco they're like they taste like pipe tobacco they taste like that they're very rich very full-bodied almost burgeoning on cigar type taste right so there is a really pleasant flavour there but I didn't like that at first I just wanted something completely different you can have strawberry own. cheesecake right you, you can have yeah. still one of my staple vapes is strawberry or, or, cheesecake. or whatever kind of thing the various things you guys listed earlier why yeah, would you not I've have got, like something? a fantastic one that's red apple and mint which is just like ridiculous like, it would be imagine if the roles were reversed right imagine if it was like uh cigarettes that had all of these flavors imagine yeah. how dangerous that would be well, in terms they, of the people was, and like, it was actually they, drawing they people away from cigarettes. vaping you to... could get flavored tobacco um yeah. i mean they've recently they banned flavored tobacco they've now, banned yeah, yeah. flavored rolling tobacco i think you can still get flavored pipe tobacco because uh, it doesn't yeah. fall under the laws because kids don't smoke pipes yeah, yeah. um <laughs> and the thing is like we've always said repeatedly on vaping in terms of the kids argument yeah a kid is still more likely to pick up a cigarette because it's easier yeah yeah um it's well, easier yeah, to swap this, a cigarette the, from your mum's you know, bag. This study is yet another study that's come out of the UK, funnily enough. Yeah. It's, the one, it's the one place where we really seem to be charging ahead in just reasonable, well-thought-out, truly scientific research. Yes, there's some hypothesis there, but there always is with science. You know, it's This is what we believe to be true until we find the evidence that proves otherwise. Sure. Um, yeah. And, yeah, like all evidence is pointing towards e-cigarettes being... 95% at worst safer than yeah. cigarettes. As I kind of always say, really, you're building a model for reality, and that's the best way you have of reading reality right now, right? Uh, are there things that science doesn't know? 
Of course there are. Oh, yeah. I mean that, and people are always like, like uh, as if that is some kind of like horrific thing. What you're telling me, there's there's stuff that science doesn't know. Like, mm. yeah, of course. Yeah, you know that's the point. There's also like um, I'm saying about that study. There's also actually been a think tank in the US that have come up with the same, pretty much the same hypothesis of the study that a flavor ban would harm public health. In um, I don't have any details on the think tank, but I can link to the paper that they sure. they wrote um, uh, in the description. I'll link to the paper and the article where I found the paper. The full paper is worth a read. I mean, I'm not going to go into it because it is a full scientific paper. Sure. So uh, yeah, it's yeah, quite lengthy. But I'll link, I'll link specifically to that. It's if you if you're interested and you've got the time, it's worth a read definitely, and it'll be able to give you a lot more information than we can if you can uh, decipher some of the scientific lingo. <laughs> Yeah. Um, the, I mean, there's also been another UK study that recommends e-cigarettes as cessation tools. Um, for it, there's actually a really good quote for smokers trying to quit. E-cigarettes are more attractive than traditional smoking cessation methods, such as nicotine replacement therapy, and at least as effective. Um, that was that was a quote from Dr. Lynn Dawkins, who's the associate professor, London South Bank University. Um, but this art, this article is basically saying that that okay, yes, smoking cessation uh, like groups and um, like people that help with smoking cessation, like you know the quit lines and so on. Whereas they can't provide e-cigarettes yet. Um, they should recommend them. Yeah. The, the argument is there that no, you should recommend them as an alternative for people who yeah. are really looking to quit and having trouble and who haven't tried it. Um, so yeah, we are we are very much like I know we had the uh, TPD hit and yeah, it's changed a few things, made a few things less convenient. But the crucial thing is it's not taking stuff off the market. Yeah. Other than large capacity subhome tanks, we yeah. really haven't lost much. We've lost. There's been a lot of clever workarounds. Mm. So, yeah, juice is sold in 10 mil bottles, but if you generally get like packs of three, so you're still getting 30 mil or packs of six, yeah. you're getting 60 mil, the... or you've got short fills, which are coming between anywhere between 60, usually to 120 yeah. mils, where you add your own nicotine afterwards. The only issue I found is. Um certain American juices you can't get over here anymore because yeah, they're not doing not the TV 10 mil compliant. Right. so like um, one of my favourite juices of, of all time which is one of the first juices I started vaping was um, Nick's Blissful Brews Smoked Custard Plus yeah. which was a custard tobacco mix and it was delicious I think I, I think I remember, yeah I think I remember yeah. when you guys started that sort of you were but, yeah, yeah I yeah. absolutely love that stuff and can't get it for love nor money anymore because yeah. A US made juice. It's own the smallest they sell it in is um thirty mil, no, fifteen I, mil bottles. Yeah, I thought you were gonna get. I thought you'd pick some up while you were in the states. Uh, the vape shop I found did not stock. Oh, oh. Well, if, like I a, see, if I see any in Japan, I'll pick some up for you. Yeah, do. What was if it like? not? I'll buy you some octopus vape juice. In the states, what was? Is there a, a, a difference in sort of um the sort of sm- the the vape shops there are they kind of very similar to here? Um, they're they're quite of- similar in terms of all vape shops like. <laughs> It, most vape shops tend to have a very relaxed atmosphere. You'll find people going in there vaping, kind of hanging out, not bit, chatting to the staff. In Portland, no. Uh, Portland has a ruling of you cannot smoke or vape 
within 10 foot of an entrance or window to a building. Oh, what? Um, so, went to this vape shop, and there was the weirdest sensation ever. Going into a vape shop, there was only the guy behind the counter. No one else in there. Usually, you go into a vape shop in the UK. Or you'll have like, places in the US. It's yeah, very You'll have a place. couple of people in there. They'll be chatting, vaping, and that. This guy was just in there, not vaping at all. Right, and it's just okay. like... <clears throat> well, I, really, really weird sensation. It's like normally you'd expect at least there'd be a little bit of vaping there, but it's completely crystal clear. Right. And it's just weird. like, this is really surreal. It's like I went into eSig Wizards in Cambridge uh, on the way back from Brookfield's Hospital the other day. And I was in there for probably about half an hour just chatting to the guy behind the counter, trying a few juices, just generally talking about vape and stuff like that. In fact, it was quite cool. Um, <clears throat> they had the Vape Round magazine with my article in there, so I was like, hey, Check this out to me, right? She <laughs> came in to go, hey, that's me, and then fuck off. But uh, nah, I bought some juice as well. They were really sound guys in there, actually. Yeah, um, I'm in there quite frequently. Yeah. Yeah, no, because I was saying, uh, yeah, I said to them, like, yeah, my mate Bungle comes in here, and I gave him my, gave him my name for the loyal card. They were like, ah, oh, Chris Taylor, yeah, he's always tagging you in the competitions, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah that was um, that was good but yeah it's always quite like you know they've got like a little they've got a couple of sofas in there you can just chill out that's cool like yeah. when we're it's kind of like in... a bar then almost oh, like a bit bar there's, guess, a, bit, there's yeah. a bit of an element to that it's more like kind of a cafe feel yes, like it's yeah, like, a, like maybe like a, like a like either like a cafe a, a bookshop or similar to maybe uh, an internet cafe kind of like vibe that. about it I like the idea of getting a getting a little library in there. I know that's the librarian in me coming out, but yeah. wouldn't that be a, look pretty cool? Well, like like they've got like all vape magazines and stuff on the yeah. table, and you can just sit it, down. It might fuck up your books a little bit. The amount of vape in the air. Yeah. Probably. yeah. Probably. Um, but yeah, no, it's re- like they're generally really cool environments. I mean, sometimes I've had a couple of um, instances in shops where the clerk there is just like. knows everything he's just a complete know-it-all and he's a little bit like oh no 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 you should get this mate you should get this mate it's like I go in there as you know I'm a knowledgeable person on in on right, vaping right, yeah, and I yeah. know what I'm after and at one point you know what you want right? I, I know what I want and I also know about a lot of the products on those shelves so when a guy is like recommending a particular tank or a particular RDA or a particular mod to me that I know to be not that good or not what I'm looking for personally and he's really trying to sell it to me I'm like that that irks me it's like yeah fine I admit I understand that you're you're you are a shop you are trying to sell products but give me honest opinions don't just try and force something on me that you're trying to shift yeah um because that's counterproductive as well because the aim of the game is we're trying to get people off cigarettes here and if you're just pushing on them what you want what you want to sell them rather than what they're looking for the chances are they're not going to enjoy the experience and they're going to go back to cigarettes yeah i mean even beyond that right like just in general it's like even say you know he does believe that this is uh you know the thing that you should get like because that's his experience and that's whatever it's just general customer service is just ultimately just trying you know assist the customer in, yeah. in purchasing yeah. something right well, like to a certain I, extent I would also say that there are certain like you can ask questions of the customer to try and get an idea of yeah. what they would offer prefer offer an idea and offer then just leave them to alternatives. it right that's what if you, yeah. go to, if you go to a shop often they'll just ask you you know do you need any help and you say I'm looking for this they'll give you oh, th- I mean, this is our I, shelves this is our options like, in this kind of bracket and like then they'll leave you the fuck alone I used to work in hardcore sales where you had to sell yeah. to people yeah. and you had targets to meet but even 
even then, even in that case, I found that I was able to achieve those targets better by actually finding... It might not net me the most commission per sale, mm. but finding that finding exactly what that customer wanted and making sure they got what they were happy with netted in yeah. more overall sales and then it's a repeat did. sale as well because if people have a good customer experience exactly come back exactly that sort of thing yeah. um like and even with the stuff that i was selling with like virgin media that's not necessarily repeat business sure, one sure. sale but generally speaking you're much more likely to get someone to commit to whatever it is you're selling them if you they feel like it's right for them rather yeah. than they well, have had something pushed upon them that you like yeah also yeah. it has to feel like their decision right yeah, yeah that, that's the best way if like, they feel like they've made a sound decision so many of them will try to oversell like with various different packages and shit it's like oh yeah you you should get this as well and this and that so no i want this and i want this yeah. that's what i want yeah it's like basically when i lost my own thing. tv it was just like basically i want the main channels Based on the oh, previous shit. TV. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, when you work, you work with Virgin Media and shit, it's just like, yeah. boom, I want this. I want the Discovery Channel stuff. You obviously didn't. And that's uh, pretty much it. You obviously didn't deal with me because I'd have fucking sold you everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have told you to fuck right off. This is what I want. Man, yeah, I'm yeah. good. I'm real good. Yeah. Like, um, but yeah, no, seriously, um, in terms of vaping yeah. as well, <laughs> it's um, very it's a lot different than just normal sales because you're trying to aid someone in making a very good change in their life and their health so i think there should be a little bit more consideration given when like if you're really 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 committed to the idea of yes let's get people off vaping and on to oh sorry off cigarettes and on to vaping <laughs> then really when you're selling something to someone you should really be that should be your end goal not okay, can I make some more money? I, whereas I know it's a business, but ultimately you're getting that sale and you're potentially getting that return business. So I think overall, the making sure people are happy and they're getting as best as you can, getting the right vape for them is going to work out better in the long run. Than and and I think the like, there's always a and lot of people. I most people are good mo at that. I find that most vape shops that I go to, people are genuine. There's only a couple where it's been like, felt like, yeah, you're trying to give me the hard sell on a product, which... I know yeah. I don't want. Like um, a vapor trail center. That's why YouTube's good. That's yeah. One, like, because YouTube, there's so yeah. many YouTubers out there that are fan, do fantastic jobs. Like, I mean, I know we talk about products, but we only really briefly talk about what we bought and that we like it or don't like it. Yeah. We like the YouTubers out there give really good in depth reviews on individual products. On right? individual you can just type in the basis. title of what you're yeah. after. Oh, yeah, completely. Oh, sorry, dude. Sorry. Um, like, uh, DJ LSVB Vapes does the most amazing teardowns and really in depth technical reviews as of mods um grim green rip trippers vaping biker they all do really good just yeah. reviews of all kind of vaping devices and you know they're just short maybe 10 to 20 minutes and they show you what it is they tell you if they like it or not but it's sure. always said this is my personal preference this is good for me yeah you know they point out things that they see as positives things that they see as false and they give you the information to make an informed decision and the thing is in that situation as well because you're looking at youtube or whatever you're pursuing that information yourself right so when when you're typing in the name of something that you want to look at a review for vaping stuff whatever it is and then you're watching a video on it there's a certain level of you know obviously you want to know right you want that information yeah. while obviously it's quite different when you're in a, in a shop and you maybe want to purchase something you you know 
you probably already have in your mind what you want to a certain extent and you'll pursue help to a certain point and i think there's often like this this a uh, uh, thing that can happen where the person who's selling need feels they need to justify a certain level of expertise yeah. so like and and I mean, it's obviously very different, but working where I do, for example, which is uh, I'm a set, I'm a, a cartographic librarian. That sounds very fancy, but uh, basically, I uh, provide researchers with uh, maps, historical maps that basically allow them to uh, no, do their studies. No, you write D and D campaigns and That's listen to audio books. Uh, that, that is that is also very true. It's <laughs> very true, but. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right you got me you got me that is actually what i do um <laughs> but i under but when i'm like pretending to do stuff yeah. it, is, it is pretending to help people find maps for research and stuff and what's quite humbling about it is bear in mind the kind of people who come in are like you know pretty knowledgeable on their shit so you can guarantee that almost 80 percent of them know fuck loads more than me Right, that's that's the starting well, basis of our relationship. They just don't know where it is, <laughs> and that maybe like you know they a couple of details have, have eluded them or whatever. But ba- basically, if someone's coming to you and they're looking for a map of uh, uh, I don't know uh, Kazakhstan or something from during its founding or whatever, they probably know a fuckload about Kazakhstan during its founding. You know, I yeah, mean, yeah, a, a lot yeah. more than I fucking do. So, like, basically, I'm just getting the map stupid. You know what I mean? I know what they've told me they want, and I'm providing them with the service of bringing them what they want. And obviously, it's slightly different when you're dealing with research or actually selling something. But this idea of like not needing to feel like you know you're you're fucking in a bit of a dick swinger to sort of prove that you are fucking the tits when it comes yeah. to what you know and justifying your own position. You're selling stuff, right? Just and and it sells itself if it's good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Do you know what you need at your place is like a steampunk, like steam tube system for sending maps in? So I have these crazy dreams, guys. I don't know if like, uh, I, sorry, like I have these kind of on-running dreams because I, I basically I'm a, I'm a big insomniac and I, I hardly ever sleep. And when I do sleep, I pretty much always yeah, lucid I'm dream. Sa- I, always I'm lucid dream. Very the same. So I have almost complete control over my dreams. So my dreams t- end up turning into like these crazy on-running stories with on-running storylines mm-hmm. so like w- i have this one about the library where i work where we're not a library we're an intergalactic space library yeah. and, we, <laughs> and we guard this thing called the knowledge and the knowledge is like this kind of it's in this place in, in the library and a bit, the library is like a floating spaceship in fo- it's sort of an old sort of like 40k style cathedral library essentially <laughs> and then like it actually sounds very early doctor who it is it is very much like that in a sense <laughs> but like more kind of gothic kind of stuff going on and then like these people like people are constantly trying to invade us trying to steal the knowledge and then (laughs) (laughs) so like we'll get actually under regular attack from aliens and stuff uh, or like kind of other factions and things this sounds like a great sell for a D&D campaign oh it's so fucking and then it's like so when I moved because I used to work in in the manuscripts department looking after obviously loads of valuable sort of things up there like 4,000 year old oracle bones and crazy stuff like that Uh, all the way to like you know uh, sort of Isaac Newton's things and stuff like that it's a pretty crazy collection but when when you but then it's so uh, when i was working there like the manuscripts one was like the fucking the tower guard you know the 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 sort of the the guard from uh lord of the rings like we were all dressed like that in fucking ornate shit like we're all like (laughs) you know like but like sci-fi versions of those right so it's all like power armor but done in this kind of like very fancy over the top kind of way and then when i moved to to the the map room and i was working in the map department uh, every, like my dreams kind of obviously transitioned with my job and then it, the, the intergalactic space library part of that was that 
the whole thing is like this massive sort of holographic floor of like the cosmos and you would actually we'd walk around like planets and star systems and as we walked like things would like things would pop up underneath us and like we'd walk along and we'd like be pulling things out of different star systems in holographic form and making them appear and all kinds of shit we all had wow. like crazy bionics and stuff to help us like peer into the void and shit like that i love i, I, make, I, I get pretty weird dreams about the life we <laughs> See, oh man! See, like most of my dreams just involve wrestling. Like, I had a dream the other week where I was, I was like with a wrestler who murdered someone. And I think it was Randy Orton, <laughs> right? And he, I, I don't remember the details of it, but I just remember waking up being like, "Why did Randy Orton kill that dude?" Yeah. <laughs> it's just like oh. my, my dreams is just like because ninety percent of my waking moments are now spent in some way wrestling related yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I listen to at least four hours of wrestling podcast every day wow. across Wrestling Observer Live Wrestling Observer Radio um, every other day pretty much there's a Brian and Vinny show um, like once a week there's Brian uh, Alvarez with Filthy Tom Laura in the figure four weekly I also re- listen to um, The Law which is the live audio wrestling podcast right um, and then I'll be like maybe listen to a wrestling audio book or like oh, just so much and yeah. then you've got if I'm watching it three hours of Raw two hours of Smackdown an hour of NXT an hour of 205 Live, an hour of Lucha Underground, and then maybe every two weeks, three-hour pay-per-view for WWE, and then possibly about the same again, like three to four-hour pay-per-view for New Japan Pro Wrestling. That's a lot of wrestling. That's a lot of wrestling. Then that's not even touching on if I'm watching like UFC, maybe I'll watch some Ring of Honor. Um, Like lots of dudes fighting yeah i don't like it's kind of weird like because if you think about it i got you guys into mma i, I, oh, mean, yeah, I don't think that's not a fair statement to me yeah like, you know no you completely got me i'm really MMA. i've always really been into combat sports which, i know you're big into boxing aren't you yeah big into boxing big into everything Speaking like I, I want, did you watch the mcgregor fight though? i did i did um i i think you know it was kind of as i expected it mm. to go to be perfectly honest um i thought uh, McGregor did very well. I think uh, Conor you know, displayed a good set of skills, but ultimately you're dealing with uh, an extremely competent and capable defensive boxer yeah. Yeah. in Mayweather. And I think like right. it was actually a really great result for everybody involved. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, come on, it was what the biggest pay per view seller of all time. Like, great for Mayweather. Mayweather as well. made like six million off that. Oh thing. yeah. And right. McGregor made like three or four. Oh, they made shit they tons, made dude. Shit, shit tons. ton of money. Like, like fucking like, it was, what was it? Mayweather had an, a, a check for a million fucking dollars, son. It was way no, more. no, a hundred million. Yeah, a hundred. That was yeah, his check. And he, he, like, was, he, he remember he was like, does anyone want to see what a hundred million dollar fighter looks like? And he pulls out the fucking check, and it's this little tiny check. You should have that fucking fu- thing on a yeah, massive yeah, fucking yeah, that, check. Yeah, because both him and McGregor made out fucking massively on that. Of course, so oh, yeah. much so that it's very like so. The UFC are actually going to struggle to book McGregor now. Of course, because he can charge yeah. a, like he's not going to fight for less than six million, right? No. I mean, and, and and the thing is, in it's it's very different in uh, the UFC because they have complete control over the the way the royalties are dispersed to the fighters, over the purses yeah. that they fight for, and especially over the sponsorship deals. You yeah. could like the sponsorship deals with things like Reebok. Like obviously, like a, a fighter in boxing, it has the ability to go out and pursue their own sponsors. 
and that helps net them a, a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And what you've also got to think of is like obviously we concentrate you know, like, a lot on oh, you know, it's like the, over a million pay per view buys in the UK. It's insane, and 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 and, and it made an insane amount of money, so a much. fucking yeah. insane amount of money. But it was a really good fight, and I think it was yeah. really actually more yeah. importantly, it was really good for the UFC, and it was really good for boxing. And well, it's a double edged sword for the UFC because of the potential costing involved in booking McGregor now, because sure. of the diminishing returns in just general UFC. Paper, like UFC shows are seeing less and less pay-per-view buys at the moment they're struggling yeah. quite a lot um, the the thing is yeah we may pay McGregor 6 million to fight but are we going to see a return on that because the investment is so high I think, in you, the will. I think you will I think you're dealing with uh, someone on the cusp of like superstar status you know yeah. super, superstar status but, yeah. but on this, by the same token maybe that's not going to be the same in UFC because like he's fighting Nate Diaz again yeah well I mean like oh, man, that's going to be a fucking amazing that's going to be an amazing that's, fight but all it takes is fight. the loss yeah. and then that, well actually I I, I I mean I don't know I think like, I, I think McGregor's a good enough like he knows how to work the business yeah I mean, he's yeah. brilliant he's one of the first fighters that's come along I think in mixed martial arts who has married up this idea of that it's not just enough to fight. Be a good fight. And, you have to have win. the personality. Right, you have if you if you want to make it like a bandit, and you want to do it, you know, you want to do the this only for way to, with the cash. Yeah. yeah, the only other way you could do it and it be about the fighting is you are as good as GSP. You're fucking Anderson Silva. Son. You're Anderson yeah. Silva. You're, but even Anderson Silva had personality, you know, and that's yeah. what fucking lost him the game in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was his fucking like arrogance that cost him yeah I think the, the, but yeah I mean there's, there's lots of if you look there. at things, people like GSP and uh, to some extent Daniel Cormier as well mm. they are very much about the fighting um, yeah and they, I think I, th- I okay I don't think Cormier is quite not when near quite what GSP was GSP had this like universal appeal because he was exceptional I think when you get the problem is like when you get to these kind of really top top tier like master craftsmen yeah. in their sporting fields, uh, and this happens in all sports by the way. Look at like the the support that people like Federer get, right? But when people go and watch Federer play at, at Wimbledon, okay, he he is basically playing in front of a home ground, and he's not British. Yeah, you know yeah. I'm saying like basically unless he's playing against Andy Murray, and then even when he's playing against Andy Murray. Right, he still yeah, yeah. has the crowd on his side because he's Roger Federer. Yeah. Right, and th- that lots of big time sportsmen. Look at Usain Bolt or something like that. Right, when Usain Bolt runs, the number of people who are watching oh. him and wanting yeah. him to win is insane. In terms, of, in terms of the UFC, you look at it's a really good example because you look at John Jones. Even after all the first lot of fuck ups in that last fight with Cormier, the crowd was on Jones's side, dude. Like There's people who are still on his side now with all I the drug stuff and things, and it's just like, like, how can you still? This guy is now fucked up three times. Every important time, oh, he should not so fuck up. He's fucked yeah. up. I mean, he is like, I mean, like he, he's if fucked it, it if up. It, if he wasn't for the the positive drug tests, and uh, every uh, then you could legit say he is the was the world's best pound for pound fighter. But Amazing. those two failures of drug tests throw that completely out. You can't even have him in the discussion anymore. It's yeah, and it's sad, man, because he didn't really need that. Like I think, but the problem is, I mean, a lot of this stuff. Uh, obviously, there's uh, anybody who gets a chance. By the way, uh, listen to or sorry, uh, watch the uh, documentary Icarus about uh, drugs in sport. Yeah. And especially the Russian involvement in the Russian oh, Olympic team. Oh, brilliant! Uh, it's it's really good. I highly recommend it. But there's that side of things. There's 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 
sort of institutionalized drug use in sport, which is a is is a, a massive issue. But then there's also this whole other side of money in sport, money coming down to athletes, coming down to participants, and more importantly, the need to push through injury to achieve money yeah. for athletes is insane. Oh yeah, I mean you look at that in the wrestling business. The wrestling is one of the worst for injuries and people working through injuries and oh, carrying injuries. Yeah, everybody carries Just injuries. Look at, like all you have to do is look at the the head trauma that goes on in in like NFL's really bad for that as well. NFL's like so, that's the thing, man. Actually, like, it's something I was listening to in um um uh, Brian Alvarez, Dave Meltzer podcast. We were talking about this uh, study that's making some progression in uh, diagnosing CET. Yeah. Um, and when that happens, that's going to be a game changer for like virtually every sport, every contact. Everyone sport. already knows it though. Right? The, yeah, that's but the, the thing crazy is, thing. you know it, but you, at the moment you can't diagnose CET conclusively yeah. until they, like without examining a dead brain. It's... If they ever get to the point where they can diagnose CET just from you know like whatever but the person who's living and we can say we can say conclusively you have concussion syndrome or you you have cet uh you can't do your job anymore yeah that's going to change everything because you're going to see shorter lifespans for nfl players wrestlers any contact i sport. think actually sadly uh like the, the way that you'll actually see movement is not through that what you're going to see is movement because people will start being able to gain the right to legitimately and scientifically win court cases yeah. yeah right and well, that's I mean, all you have to look at the moment is uh wwe have a large number of old wrestlers bringing court cases against them yeah, for man. Uh, concussion uh related injuries i mean like all you have to do is look at um uh chris benoit yeah and the, that tragedy that surrounded yeah. that and a lot of that I mean, there were Dude. there were other problems there, but they were only exacerbated by the severe head trauma that he well, suffered. Talking NFL, well, fucking OJ Simpson. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean, like, like that. These kind of anger bursts, right? These kind of like acting out of uh, an individual sudden anger spikes and and, and uh, irrational, emo- uh, uncontrolled responses are directly linked with head trauma, sustained, continuous head yeah. trauma. Yeah. And, and this is the thing, like people forget, it's not just. <laughs> the big knocks, the 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 it's accumulation. It's accumulation of minor knocks. Every time you bang your head, like even just a regular person, you bang your head on a door or something, you risk doing some severe damage to your oh, brain, yeah. a long term damage. It's well, so fragile. My other half works on a neuro ward. Mm. Yeah, at the local hospital, and like you'll be amazed at like the fact that the, there'll be one person who's had one massive one blow to the head mm. and that has changed their life for good because their attitude and mood has completely changed yeah, yeah, someone who used to be like the kindest person in the world wouldn't harm a fucking fly yeah and yeah. all of a sudden they are just aggressive angry snappy yeah and some people it's literally just a little part of the um well it's um but People who are not intensive care can get stuff like PTSD. Dude, we are that biochemical neuroelectronic machines, and that's all the fuck we are, yeah. right? We're like monkey machines. Yeah, you and know? we can be broken. And, and and crazy shit can happen to you. Yeah, and it changes you, right? And and it's like like some of the more fascinating stuff I find is like you know people that like someone can just bang their head or have suffer some head trauma in a car accident and they lose empathy. 
or they yeah. lose you can actually lose the ability to feel certain emotions yeah if you have a frontal petrol, frontal lobe issue yeah so like obviously i'm quite interested in historical uh combat and stuff like that as well and one of the interesting things on this is kind of trying to track the idea of post-traumatic stress syndrome in combat and yeah uh, and and what we'll, we'll call it battle fatigue or something like this right uh and this kind of idea of going through history and how that is uh, you know cases of it happening in the past because it seems to be something that's becoming more prevalent in the modern age yeah if you look at it the modern soldier is more likely from from obviously it's very kind of looking at scant pieces of research when you go back too far but it appears to be that the average soldier now who is existing in a world post first world war where they're subjected to high levels of low intensity combat all the time yeah spiked by high by sudden uh, abrupt levels of extreme danger this yeah. level this amount of lingering stress and, and and stress being a whole other area we can go into but the, this idea of those pressures and those chemicals that are going around your brain you know over a sustained period of time that yeah. fucks you up but yeah. there are interesting accounts of crazy things happening in the past there's a uh, a greek uh so in uh, there's a greek account during uh the uh i think it was the spartan war there of this individual in a shield line and he was fought he fought in this battle obviously he was forming a phalanx and then afterwards he went blind and this is well this is well noted in 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 the piece something that this person went blind from essentially fighting this battle not from any injury he'd sustained he had yeah. no perceptible injury he just went blind for several days yeah and essentially this is seen as one of the first sort of documented evidences of post-traumatic stress syndrome people yeah. being pushed to the point where their brains parts parts of them just fuzz out because of the intensity of the situation yeah. they're in i mean going back to your thing with the uh, modern soldiers suffering large amounts of it um i think i've really heard about a study in regards to the ch- happens a lot more to your standard infantryman. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're in like a um, say a special forces unit, yep. what you're doing is you're going for, rather than having the sustained constant fear that we're driving through this town in our Humvee, are yep. we suddenly going to get blown up by an RPG? An, you, uh, you're an constantly IED? on edge. IED or like, oh, the vehicle ahead of us has had to come to a stop because they've been hit by something. Yeah. We need to get out and clear the area. And then you bam, 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 bam. Whereas yeah. a special forces unit, it's like, this is what you're doing. You go in, you do it, you get taken you're in, out. You're more in control of the situation. Yeah. You're more in control of the theatre around you and your knowledge of the theatre around you. Yeah. And its immediate implications for you are exactly. more perceptible and more yeah, you controllable. you know what the outcomes are more likely. You, well, there's less randomness to be thrown into it rather mm-hmm. than we're just on patrol. Yeah, you're you're going to do a fifth thing. You know you're going into expect a firefight. You're on patrol. You might nine times out of ten, well, probably not even that that great odds. Most few, well, fair few of the times you're probably not going to get engaged at all. But one day you might come under small arms fire. Another day you may come under rocket propelled grenades, mortar attack. So with stress, like like yeah. biologically, the obviously stress and fear are very healthy things for human beings to experience. Right, saber tooth tiger, shit, that's bad. I'm running. Right. Yeah. But the problem is that, I mean, this is a, you know, these chemicals that are flying around through your body, they're meant for those kind of situations. Yeah, the fight or flight situation. They're meant to trigger the fight or flight situation, exactly. Um, But when you have a situation where these uh, sort of, well, biochemical triggers are constantly being fed into you, right? These lead to actual real health implications, right? Accelerated heart rate, right? You know, damage to 
uh, your immune system, things like this, because your body, when it's you know, when you're in a fight or flight situation, your body uses certain aspects of its running process to shut down to, yeah. for efficiency's sake, right? That's why people often will just shit themselves, right? Yeah. Because that's your body telling you you need to get rid of this excess weight right now. Right, that's yeah. that's what's happening. Your yeah, body is yeah. saying we need excess weight gone right now because we're going to move quickly, <laughs> right? And yeah. and it's crazy, but that's like literally that's that's why that happens, you know. Uh, that that is the fear response, and then it's you yeah. take that out to this idea of just constant drip feed of pressure yeah. and stress, yeah. right? What that well, does I mean, to a that, human being, like, you know. Look at one of the war, one of the wars that's had the highest cases of PTSD was the Vietnam War, mm -hmm. and that was that's what that was. That was constant constant like mid-level pressure not knowing yeah. really unfamiliar surroundings yeah very close tit close-knit combat situations uh, yeah. a lot of the patrols and things that were going on there you were on a knife's edge the entire time yeah yeah and it but it's like um, with vietnam that was the first time american military forces had ever had to deal with guerrilla warfare in yeah. that sort of situation yeah they'd never trained for jungle guerrilla warfare yeah they yeah. trained for stuff like world war Two or the korean war which was yeah. again very similar to where it was basically yeah we're pushing up against this force backed by the chinese slash russians yeah whereas vietnam was just like they, they they were trained for conventional warfare yeah not that for not but for then war, I, not I, for... I bring in like the, the can you as the in, in that position i mean obviously training will help but i think there's a limit Oh yeah, completely. to what any individual can take. Completely. I mean, I I think during the yeah. first world war they calculated it was three weeks or or might be somewhere between three weeks and twenty one days. I think that you can keep a person in the field. They sort of worked it out mathematically by the yeah. end. Then you have to rotate them out because the soldier's useless. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's there's all kinds of statistics on this that they they worked out through like uh you know people in places of repetitive shelling during places like Verdun and the Somme and things like this that basically if you shell a man and you shell a group of people continuously for a set period of time 96% of people will go insane yeah, yeah. right like and the people who don't uh, like we we can kind of roughly work out that those people are psychopaths yeah they have yeah. a psychopathic tendency uh, and 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 that is kind of pretty crazy when you think about it. The people just naturally, we all, I mean, we, we know it when I mean, we've often heard it said on, on, in media, obviously, people have breaking points. Things happen and, yep. and sustained uh, sort of objectively measurable levels of pressure will break a human being. Yeah. And, and it's, it's interesting to think about that. I mean, bring it back to sport and stuff. I mean, we're asking more and more of our athletes. Oh, yeah, very much. Because so. we're in an increasingly kind of uh, consumer-driven world where... Uh, we're, we're getting them it's to fight it's not just that it's also you know it's happening it's slowly and surely but it's happening is our genetics are changing we are still evolving yeah of course people forget this so you, every so often you, this is why you have these world records that break because the body's over time is adapting and becoming better at certain things so people are able to train to higher and higher levels so that bar is consistently being raised and you have these people that you know the top flight of any any sport these people have some genetic advantage that's there is a genetic oh, element of course there. man i mean like uh, you know be it a top flight football player or top flight fighter they there is something in their makeup which allows them to be better than that there's only so much that will that training and 
you know, some people are genetics. Yes, yeah, some people. And I'm not making this. I don't want this to sound like you know genetic superiority kind of third right type talk. No, I'm just talking very subtle differences in in makeup and uh, physio physiology that allow you know, just like Dude. I may be slightly physically stronger than you, but you may be more limber than I am. But it's not even it's that. Like there, there are just certain, like certain truths, right? Yeah. Uh, if I'm taller than you, I can reach things off the shelf you can't. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's that. I mean, and and so, when you're dealing you know, with elite level shelf getting offing, right? Like, yeah. The tallest person well, is pretty it, fucking to good. Bring that back to a to a sporting context. Reach. Yeah. In a fight, yeah. it's, it's a genetic advantage. Yeah. This guy has biologically longer arms than I am, so he can punch me from further away where I can't punch him. And you have to evolve a certain <laughs> strategy specifically to counter that advantage yeah, exactly. as an individual. I mean, then, and then this is like, uh, if you look at something like, going back to ancient combat, you look at things like uh, the Romans and why they were successful and why uh, when you're looking at other cultures that they faced and often especially uh, sort of uh, Gallic and, and, and kind of uh, European uh, barbarian civilizations, we'll, we'll call them, or, 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 or the more uh, less uh, Romanized cultures that they came across. These people were noted to be bigger and stronger, stronger. and scarier and individually, yep. you know, better and it's, fighters. That's that's and that was because of partial genetic difference. Yeah, but also there's there is an environmental factor, of course, there as well, you because they a certain live, type of man. Yeah. In a certain environment, and and that's not as this isn't really a, a, a race thing at all. It's just well, when you're dealing with, uh, and, yeah, and I mean, you move race it to doesn't a, really bear into it no. so much. It you know different, even of the same race, there are vast differences in genetic makeup. It's it's lifestyle, and of course, all evolution is is based off the the uh, environment. The, yeah, like, it, but it's evolu- it's based off the ev- success of the freak. Exactly. So extent. evolution is 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 brought on by the environment you yeah. evolve and you know the best adapted to the environment that you are in well is this is the, the interesting thing as well more. because it's also yeah. about though i mean if you think about it and you get an interesting uh, sort of things if you look at the case of cuttlefish for example so there's a type of cuttlefish which is very large random uh, no, no, it's random. But it's like a cuttlefish <laughs> that's very large, and how it attracts a mate is that basically uh, it will attract a, a female by getting it to move underneath its body where it's shielded and protected, yeah. and that's how it will fertilise it. Now, there's a type of male. The sneaker male. A sneaker male, right? You've heard about this, yeah? Yeah. So, and they'll move under the cuttlefish acting as a female, and then when the female comes under, another female comes under, they'll impregnate them. So the big cuttlefish... The physically stronger, the cuttlefish that has used all of its resources to make itself big and powerful and strong, is not the person passing on the gene. Not 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 the cuttlefish yeah, passing yeah. on the genes. It's the other cuttlefish that's taken its position. I think so. This and 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 then obviously the 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 there's a certain sexual attraction or probably more like uh, maybe even a, a you know just obviously this that the male is still strong enough to overpower the female. Who knows? But there's that. Evolution is also not just about who is best suited to the environment, but what is desirable yeah. to the female of the species who normally picks the mate that it, it, it's gonna uh, it's gonna mate with. So there's if you look at like what was sexually desirable over time, and and then maybe you have a characteristic, and why this normally is seen to tie obviously into how well you suit your environment is simply because if you're a better provider. Uh, and 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 you have genetic attributes that make you a better provider. It's more likely 
that maybe that if if providing is seen to be the sexually attractive thing yeah. that you will pass on your genes yeah. of course over time we're getting to situations now where obviously the people who are passing on their genes are able to do, you know are, are sexually attractive for other reasons that are coming along because they're rich yeah. or rich or maybe they're funny right yeah. they maybe have a good personality and all these kind of rich. things and 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 and, and you got all these kind of different sort of genetic pools that are kind of mixing as a result of like what is essentially at any point in time sexually preferable yeah completely yeah uh, see, this is why I like having Ian on the show. He makes us seem intelligent. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's also another thing in regards to finding a mate, especially with, well, between humans, is apparently you'll pick up on pheromones from a mate that has um, dinif- different um, sort of levels of uh, immunity to various things. Mm. Like, you'll actually you'll find a lot of the time someone who's got, say, like um, genetics that makes them less liable to get stuff like the flu. Mm. Will be attracted to someone who say mates boy races. Sorry yeah. about that. Will be attracted to someone say who probably hasn't got the same amount level of protection to flu, but yeah. to something else which they haven't got, and yeah. you'll find. But then there's also other things of the idea of just simply you know physical fitness is a huge yeah. aspect in in things like if you are assessed to a certain point of view, right? And everybody is, um, you know. So if if I mean, you don't want to have sex with an ill person and on a simple yeah. level, right? Like, generally speaking, that's uh, a turn-off, right? That would be yeah. perceived as a turn-off. If you're ill, I don't want to have sex with you, probably. You know what I mean? Just <laughs> 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 put that properly in, because I'm pretty... Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, like, that's horny. Watch out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not just going to jump you. Um, but, like... <laughs> He's going to Harvey God, Weinstein man. us Harvey again. Weinstein. I'm going to come in with a bathrobe. But, um... Hey, you want a part in the movie? Yeah, Jesus Christ. Sorry. Yeah, I'm lowering the tone again. No, it is. Getting straight to Harvey. Wow. But no, he's... Um, is it yeah. Weinstein or Weinstein? I think it's Weinstein, actually. I might be... No, I think... Oh, fuck it. I don't know, actually. I think it's Weinstein, isn't he? Yeah, I think it is Weinstein. Because yeah. uh, that's right, because I was listening to something where... With Eric Weinstein. Yeah, with Eric Weinstein. Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you heard the same thing, right? So, yeah. yeah. Um, who, what, who's the dude that... That Joe Rogan that me and you listened to with the guy from the university... What was oh. his name? Guy from the university. Uh, the yeah. guy from Evergreen. Uh, yeah, yeah, the guy from Evergreen. It's Eric Weinstein. <laughs> Eric Weinstein's brother, I think, Bert Weinstein. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who yeah. was a pr- professor at Evergreen Real College? Clever guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy that um, opposed the um, day. The, the white shouldn't turn up to work. Day. Yeah, yeah. The day of absence. No, it was the uh, yeah no the day of presence wasn't it? Uh, no, it was basically because the, they have a thing where so they used important... to have the day of absence where all coloured people would leave the school to emphasise their importance in roles there, and then they was the the thing was that they were going to have they want the it was proposed to have a day of presence, which was all the minority people uh, all all the black people would come back to the school, but all the white people had to leave. Right, um, and. His argument was that uh, there's a difference between a race of people voluntarily um, removing themselves from the society rather than a race of people being actively forced to remove themselves from a, 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 a societal 
uh, thing. So he was like, no, these these two things don't equate. One is people voluntarily leaving. Yeah. You're telling these people to leave. And he was like, I'm not going to observe this. And as such, he was branded a racist by the majority of the Evergreen campus. Um, Which uh, is one of those horrible, pu- horrible places where they accuse people of doing microaggressions by gestating with their hands. Yeah, the so the principal yeah. was trying to give a speech. Dean. Uh, sorry, uh, was trying to give a speech to, like... Uh, uh, apologizing for me, and the, they, they were accusing him of microaggressions with his hand gestures while he was talking. So they told him to put his arms so down, they did, and then they laughed. Like they, they actually held the dean hostage in his uh, yeah. office. They were telling people when and if they could go to the toilet. It became really like, you know, these there were groups of people out looking for Bert Weinstein, like saying, like, where is he? Have you seen him? And wow. it's like, what are they gonna do when they find him? It's not like they're gonna have they're looking for him to have reasonable discourse, you know? Yeah, yeah, so this guy was like being told by campus security, look, don't come to school. We can't guarantee your safety kind of thing. Yeah, there's wow. people walking around the car park looking for you, do not come into the university wow. today. It, it was it, it was really insane. I mean like Show, like show you some of the YouTube footage because they've got footage from these, um, like they basically heckling him out, like cornering him outside his classroom and just heckling him. Wow, it's it's, it's crazy, really though, really dude. it's really yeah it's really really. This? Well, no, it's, if you think about it in a way though, it's it's these kind of evolutions of of uh, sort of riling groups to uh, and and like even linking back to what you're saying before about the whole rick and morty thing and the szechuan sauce and stuff like that the people getting in these kind of like you know i mean just taking stuff to the fucking nth degree all the time the thing is is these people like they're in this evergreen um like campus like removed from normal society so things can be skewed very differently because it's a closed system you know they're not part of the normal everyday society so they can kind of enforce their own societal norms yeah um and they don't have to kind of relate these things to the real world no and a lot of the time they're being well they're learning this stuff from a lot of the professors that are there on tenure who are now like i've got tenure i can't be fired Mm. so they start well i'm gonna start pushing my agenda on these kids and what I believe they should believe because they'll see me as a again it's the whole seat of authority it's like I'm the seat of authority I'm telling you how it is this is what you need to do so but this this person grew up in the with the when they were at college it probably would have been the Vietnam era when they were they were protesting against an unjust war in a foreign land where they were just sending young poor American like kids to die mm. you never had very rarely you had a rich kid going off to vietnam they'd so basically they'd buy someone to take their draft for them yeah, they'd I find mean, some poor family which had several kids like oh your son's old enough to fight we'll pay you this much money for him to take my place in the draft i mean i, uh, I like to think most academics in a, in a teaching capacity do try and well, train people to think for themselves well, and the i think yeah, sorry. Sorry, Karen. I was going to say the thing that's really interesting about Evergreen is that the teachers there are given uh, full pathological freedom to teach whatever they like. Right. Yeah. So it takes. So this is actually one of the points that Bert Weinstein went on to was um, that uh, one of the concerns was there was a, a thing brought about to the school kind of like hiring guidelines, right? Which effectively meant that if two people of 
um, two people went for a teaching job there that they would have to favour the person of colour rather than the person of white just because they were of colour. Um, I forget the exact wording of the, the charter. Like, I'll link to the Joe Rogan podcast where he's on where it goes into a bit detail. But the thing he was saying is because you have to ha- you are given complete pathological freedom to teach whatever you want to teach it takes a very specific person a very unique like specific set of skills to be able to work within that environment and cope with that level of freedom um and be able to not have to like not have set curriculum guidelines but be able to br- bring forward a, a curriculum that is of value and so on sure. uh, that the it's very hard to find people that fit into that mold and uh, not every time that someone comes for a job is the person of color going to fit that mold yeah i mean i think if you get into a situation where you're saying that if two applicants are applying for his position and regardless of uh, skills or qualifications, skills or qualifications you favor, yeah i mean that's, that's that's what this 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 guideline seems yeah to really i mean if it's like that then obviously that's that's mistaken i mean there are there are obviously it's, like for example if you take any uh, governmental thing you would want to try uh, or I don't know. You, you basically want to try and get obviously something that's representative of of the country that you live in and the society that you live in, and you do want obviously people from different uh, cultures and stuff. But it, obviously, if you're getting into a situation where you're doing that regardless of qualification, then obviously I'd have a problem. But you know, it's it's it was really inter- it was just a really really interesting podcast. I don't know how we even got onto this. No, I think it went all the way from like military trauma. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. And then before that, uh, sporting stuff. This all started as a vaping article. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. True. Well, ramblings in the title of the podcast. Well, yeah, yeah. that's very true. So, um, anyway, I think um, what was the other subject that we were going to touch on? Um, I think that was all the articles. But, yeah, it, so. we did all the articles. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then um, some. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, there was a couple of other articles, but I think we've gone so far off topic now. It's pointless yeah. going back. Yeah, we've passed the point of no return. So uh, I think, like, uh, I, I guess then the it's kind of like, you know, you and your dark souling and. Oh God, stuff. I I'm about to. I am. Yeah. Well, we normally do some chinner about gaming, but uh, I am. I'm about to complete a Dark Souls game. It's a hell of a achievement. I don't think I'd ever have the balls. I no. I uh, I just like it came, I had an epiphany. I had an epiphany. I figured out my play style and everything's kind of fit into place. Yeah. Um it's a sl- like it, it it requires a certain amount of dedication. I'll definitely say that there is a a lot to overcome and to learn. But the I think the thing that helped more than anything is I enjoy the real the core gameplay loop, the the combat Right. It's really satisfying. Hell, it's frustrating. I mean, Jesus Christ, I have sworn at my TV so loud and so furiously and just been like, okay, I need to just turn it off. And, you know, I've, I like um, the I, old Iron King boss, I is on a platform, small platform, surrounded by lava with a few holes in the platform that you can easily roll into and die in the lava and if you get hit by the boss's attacks chances are they're going to knock you into the lava Jeez. and it's <laughs> just oh, it's like I ran my face into that about five six times before I actually beat it Right. and I was getting so frustrated because every time I died I died through my own stupidity I fucking dodged into lava Yeah. yeah I was yeah. just like oh there was one time I got hit by the beam the be- heat beam thing and it knocked me down and as soon as I got up I was still in the beam and it just knocked me off the edge into the lava and I was just like oh 
Oh, man. It's basically... Dark Souls are basically just a rage quit simulator, aren't they? Oh, no, the thing is, though, they're not. They're really not. Like, uh, I've got to the point now, after getting through so much of it, where I can deal with my loss because it's just a part of the game. Yeah. You have to come to that realisation. When you first you start are, playing it, though, it is. Yeah, when you simulator. first start playing it, it's really infuriating. But once you actually teach yourself that, no, dying is part of the core gameplay loop. Mm. It literally is. You... Every time you die, you've got to try and learn something from the death. It's, okay, right, I did this wrong, that's what resulted into the death. It's very, very rare. It does happen, but it's very rare that Dark Souls deaths feel cheap. Yeah. Um, there are a few instances where I the camera has killed me and not the bad guy. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't... That happens less with two than it did with one. Yeah. Um, tight corridors can be a pain in the dick. Um that and there's been a few deaths there's been quite a few deaths where it's not so much that it's felt cheap i've just not quite understood the mechanics at play sure because they've not been explained to you in a, in a the, way that's or... the thing is that mechanics in dark souls are very obtuse yeah you have to actually put the time into kind of learn the mechanics and the core elements of dark souls but um i'm gonna go back and complete one i'm gonna go and do three as well um, yeah, I mean, I think it's just a beautiful. It's a really interesting game. Yeah, and it's a unique game. There's been a lot of Souls-like games made, but mm. I don't think anything's quite captured. There's a lot of elements at play that make Dark Souls the whole thing that it is. The obtuse mechanics are part of that because yeah. you feel a sense of satisfaction when you figure things out. I think it. I think it also, especially with a personality type like yours, and you have a. a, a I think it's safe to say a, a slightly compulsive yeah, and, addictive. And, and addictive kind of quality <laughs> to it and the idea of, of trying and, and want to iterate your your skill level is very appealing to yeah, you, yeah to you. very much so um, yeah I don't find that appeal on multiplayer games yeah I, I think I've, I, I've, I've realised something that I'm not that into competitive multiplayer no I, and I, I think I, I, I get that as well because I, I, there's a lot of games where I'm not really into that I'm generally not into one on one things especially yeah like, I'm not really into fighting games actually against mm. players because the problem is there's too much direct com- competition yeah and it's like you know if someone's better than you they're better than you and it, it's not a, a I great I like competitive stuff that's done in good spirit Basically, yeah. like things like fucking uh, for what? What's that? Free runners or whatever it's called? Speedrunners. Speedrunners. But then that's Stuff with like more that. people generally, right? As yeah. Well. Yeah. And uh, and there's more when you start adding more people in it, but it moves away from being an esport directly competitive, directly yeah. adversary, directly opposed to one another, into a kind of a again like a social construct, right? So you got like four people running down a thing, and they're all trying to grapple hook places and make crazy jumps and do crazy things. Yeah. Uh, then it's it's different. Uh, you know, it's a very different experience. It doesn't feel like you're so directly opposed to someone. If they beat you, your ego isn't as bad. Yeah, well, kind of. I think it's it's about- partially that for me, but partially like I don't know. I like I I really like I play games for escapism, mm-hmm. and I don't feel that I find that same level of escapism when playing a competitive game against someone else. Playing yeah. a cooperative game because is. I, I much prefer because you lose your you you both can immerse into sure. that game and it becomes a joint immersive experience. Oh, definitely. Whereas I find a competitive element kind of removes me from the experience somewhat. I mean, I use games a lot, uh, 
uh, and I seek in games a lot, like sort of self-driven storytelling. Yeah. Uh, and 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 when I'm playing with other people, I enjoy situations where we do group storytelling. I mean, obviously that's evident, and obviously the pen and paper role playing they're yeah. into and stuff like that. Things like but armor also are great for that as well. Yeah, this idea of that when you're playing together with your friends in a cooperative manner, or you're part of the same squad, even in a competitive game or something, you're involved. As soon as you add more people and you're adding friends in, you can start to tell that little story together, and you'll get little things yeah. that are part of what it's, you're doing it's why i actually always wanted to get everyone together to play a moba of sorts and actually get like a team together on a moba because that i found like when we did smite at one of the lands that was great yeah. fun yeah i enjoyed really smite. fun i think smite's the only one i've really enjoyed though that's the problem i tried here yeah I, I think I really smite's got it. a good balance between the control scheme and um the it's got really good um aesthetic and uh like lore kind of characters and all that kind of elements really good it's easily relatable to everyone as well because it's based on historic deities it's even more than that for me i find it's just the the shift in perspective and also the fact it's less that it's like much an more actiony right yeah like, it's less like an rts and more like a third person combat game yeah it because the problem with a lot of uh, mobas is uh you feel like essentially you're just pressing one two three four and, and stuff like that and activating it's a lot more skill shot based in yeah and there is that in smite shot effectively there is that in smite but by changing no that's the what angle, i mean smite yeah. is smite is more skill shot based because yeah. you are effectively from Almost that third-person character action or third-person uh, shooter angle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas, like, you do have skill shots in traditional MOBA, yeah. top-down MOBAs. They're just more about landing, hitting one at the right time with your mouse in the right place yeah. rather than lining up a shot. It feels different it mechanically. Feels, it gives you a different sensation. Like, it feels more tactical. The other yeah, one feels more strategic. Traditional MOBAs, like League of Legends, they are very... RTS influence, heavily RTS influence. Well, that's where they came from. So, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, it all started really as part of uh, those Warcraft mods. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely. I, I I do like LOL, and I still play LOL occasionally. Um, but that's largely because I the thing about LOL that appeals to me more than the actual core. The core gameplay loop is enjoyable for me because I do love RTSs as well. But I just the character designs and mm-hmm, the characters mm-hmm. in LOL are some of the best. Like I think it's got really fucking cool characters, and that keeps me invested quite heavily. It's it's a I mean like I I appreciate all the games. Like I I watch the international for example because yeah. I enjoy it. I enjoy esports. But like I've no, it's a bit like I watch a lot of StarCraft, but I don't. I I never even played StarCraft two. See, I have played StarCraft two and reasonably well i played it competitively sure. like not like pro competitively but yeah, i used yeah, to play yeah. the ladder yeah and i did you know i managed to get to gold no what's the one bronze silver gold yeah i was on the cusp of kind of platinum level okay level. wow that's pretty good dude yeah it, like i mean i played it a lot and yeah. um, it's easy to get to kind of gold platinum if you know if you if you get good at your macro and that's all I focused on, I didn't bother with micro. I didn't really bother with army compositions and learning things like that. I just learned to build shit quickly and manage my resources. Yeah, that's yeah. a large portion of it. And even then, I wasn't great. I was just better than the people I went up against. Yeah, because a lot of people get, especially at kind of gold level and below, get really bogged down in the micro. Try trying to focus on the micro or doing. They they they're trying to do a build, whereas you don't need a build 
or a build order really until you get to really Top high level, level yeah, play yeah, yeah, yeah. all you need to do is build more shit than your opponent yeah. someone uh, a pro great pro gamer actually did this uh proved a point with this by getting fraught created a new account went from bronze to um like master league or like the one before master league Pla- diamond bronze right. to diamond a zerg by only building queens Wow, and he he did it because he just built more shit than his opponent, and was right. there was no microing. He just massed queens and went, and queens are not even a good fucking no, no, no good combat unit, unit. combat mm. unit at all. He wasn't putting creep down or anything. He just built way more stuff better than, than his opponent, and that that beats that. Well, wins. especially like the queen equivalent of a zerg rush there. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. You can you can win with just mass. Cheese. You mass cheese. You, it's not even cheese because cheese is going in and doing something sneaky. True. Cheese true. is high level play. Yeah. Proper I actually enjoy cheese. cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a good, like a good bit of cheese is always fun. In, oh, yeah. in the like a best of five or a best of seven, those few rounds where someone goes like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna do, you know two racks." Or, unexpected. Yeah, 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 I'm gonna fucking five pool or something. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, yeah. I did used to love watching the uh, Bronze League Hero stuff. That was yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So fun to watch. Yeah. Seven like Husky just like, going over the top of it, just like as if it's he's like announcing, commentating, yeah, commentating match, a proper yeah. esports yeah. match. It was like these are two guys out of the Bronze League. <laughs> Someone sent me this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna record it as if it's live. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we've been going for like a, another hour and a half. Yeah, so I think it's sorry. about time. No, no, no. It's good. Um, I think it's about time we uh, took another break. Had another yep. talk. Um, we'll leave you some more lovely tunage from uh, that their OC remix. Um, again, all the music description, uh, music descriptions, music details will be in the show notes uh, with links to where you can find uh, the music that you are going to be hearing. Also, don't forget to check out our website as well, ramblingvapors.com, if you're just subscribed to us through one of the you know various podcast services that we're on. Um, like The site's got loads of advocacy links on there, uh, little bits about us, and we've got our merch store on there as well. So if you wanted a Rambling Vapors t-shirt or baseball cap or some shit like that, <laughs> you can go buy one. He can sell you anything. Yeah, yeah. Bumble. Yeah. Um, but, uh, <laughs> wow. yeah, also, like, if you want to ever get in touch with us, uh, drop us a line. It's Nero with a zero at ramblingvapors.com and bungle at ramblingvapors.com. Um I don't get those emails. No, no, it's just a, it's just an alias on mine. But if I get any through for, for his, I can just forward them on. You see, yeah. I've never had an email. Makes me sad. No, I've had a, I've had a couple, but like people calling us twats. Yeah, largely yeah. insulting. But they're asking you to, uh, you know, they've got this uncle in Nigeria and he's really wealthy. And he- yeah. <laughs> How many times? I, I've, I've I've won four million dollars. If I just give them five hundred, yeah. I'll get four million in return. Uh, How many? Um, your salty tails and bankrupt. <laughs> How many of them have just been a meme saying, we get it, you vape? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, that's, we'll be back for a short little wrap-up after this music. Short. I was going to say after these messages, but, you know. <laughs> Message.
Fucking right. I uh, hope you enjoyed the tunage from Mosi Remix, and we're back. Hello. Uh, back hey. for a little bit of a short wrap up, and uh, you know the usual closing segment that we do, which tends not to really consist of anything. Essentially, <laughs> I mean, a very long way of us saying yeah. bye. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a really elongated bye that will segue into an in-depth discussion about the geopolitical climate or something yeah. to that effect. Well, um, <laughs> but, could always go on about what my next, what my week at work is going to be like next week, which is going to be finishing building up up ten Ryzen Threadripper machines with Ubuntu sixteen oh four. We can't go into deep de- 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 uh, tech talk again, like we no. did it last time for yeah. way too long. No, it's, it's basically. All you need to know is it's an absolute arsehole because the kernel that's on 1604 does not support the Ryzen Threadripper chip. Yes, I know. Remember you discussing this? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've got a week of fucking reporting and... Ugh. Yay. I'm basically filling in for a man... So my... So yeah, his, my manager uh, or my team leader broke his back. Ah. Like, legit broke uh, compression fracture in his spine. Flew over the handlebars on his mountain bike. So he is now, like, he lives in France, uh, in the Alps, and he's stuck there now, mending. It's brutal. So I am basically playing team leader. Um, So I've just got just the most, so much admin. So much fucking happy. Just don't let the power go to your head and become a Harvey Weinstein. He had to have 40... He had <laughs> to get him in every section. Exactly, every so section you have a Harvey Weinstein. That's his back thing. after the surgery. Oh, fuck. He had to have 42 pins in his spine. That is the x-ray. Jesus. Yeah, so he's out of action for a while. He's lucky, man. Yeah, he's yeah. really lucky. Like, he's got full mobility back. He's up and walking already wow. and everything. It was only happened, like, a few months ago. A yeah. couple of months now. He, he's doing really well, but... Um, Medical science is crazy, though, right? Like, yeah. think about, like, the stuff that's possible now that, like, even 10, 20 years ago. Think about the stuff that's going to be possible in another 20 years, it's you know? CRISPR. Yeah, dude, that stuff's crazy. Just, like, stem cell research, you know, the amazing things that they're able to do with stem cells is just incredible. Well, going back to, like, uh, the... Uh, the drugs and sports thing we talked about in the previous segment like if you think about the idea that like now people have access to you gene know, manipulation well no it's not well there's there's i mean that's a whole thing that will come in later but like think about things like you know you're able to drink lucasade or whatever or, or or things like that that aren't categorized as drugs but they're performance enhancing right yeah and and things that you're allowed a certain amount of certain uh chemicals moving around your body but not too much yeah so like i'd you know, it's, it's it's an interesting situation once you get to that point where it's like, what's the you know, what chemical? what is doping? Like, yeah. you know, what when does doping occur? <laughs> is it just when you're injecting sort of steroids and things like that, or I mean, because we're basically trying to make what people... was it the the thing that fucking like cyclists do, like have additional red blood cells? Uh, they take their take blood out uh, and then basically store it. And re-inject it before a race. Therefore, they have a higher blood cell count. Yeah. Therefore, are able to carry more oxygen around their body. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. That's it. crazy. So cycling's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, most high-level sports yeah. are yeah. crazy. Yeah. Like you are pushing your body to uh, to its absolute limit. Yeah. And yeah. beyond in a lot of cases. Yeah, I mean, it's and I think there's certain things that really, and another reason we get records and things broken is. That you're dealing with this, this things that just wouldn't be possible in the old days, right? Like you yeah. couldn't feed a man and train a man and and give him all of the 
scientific knowledge to uh, construct his body in a way that could compete at the same level as someone now. Like the dietary under- sort of needs of, of a professional athlete uh, are so much better understood now than say back in the day of sort of uh, early boxing, right? And that's why in the past when you got like these kind of genetic freaks, you know, you got like Mike Tyson and stuff like that, it was so notable. You know what I mean? Because he just he was a different animal to like, you know, some of the people he was facing, you know? And uh then obviously you know, and you see this in the UFC as well, right? Certain people turn up and they're just like, wow, this guy is fucking physically imposing you know what i mean he has yeah. superior genetics yeah but yeah, also completely. on top of that he has a diet and a workout regime and training conditions that are completely unattainable like 20 years ago you know or 50 years ago yeah, yeah or definitely. and you look back at like you know think about like ancient competition and stuff like that it just like you know people just couldn't eat those kind of things you know people would like they wouldn't get you know like, like the peasantry wouldn't get suitable amounts of nutrients to support solid bone growth and stuff like that you know kids were were, were generally shorter obviously if they came from malnourished families and that yeah. would result in, in yeah. shorter human beings you know and now if you look at the average person it's like obviously able to consume a lot more i mean you know obviously in a in a, in a, in a situation like ours you know yep look at my fat gut <laughs> dude <laughs> right there with you buddy oh mate uh, like food in current modern society is very interesting subject because you know like you can argue like there weren't eating disorders so many years ago like you know going back to roman times like those those more primitive times or earlier times in human history you can't imagine there being things like that because there isn't maybe in some of the higher classes yeah they would they would evolve in higher classes and higher status groups and then obviously i mean if you look at say art of of art of women being a a really obvious example it's idea of beauty that we're talking about in the past Uh, and i like if you look at ancient art of women or or i say ancient but uh, you know previous yeah. Uh, sort of early master sort of style sort of art and classical style art of women they have a more um sort of rounded figure yeah right completely. romanesque yeah and it's like <laughs> these yeah romanesque figures right and they these are things that were attractive at the time you know well, because yeah. they represented someone who was well well nourished you know they were yeah. rep- and that was an attractive quality right you can feed yourself you know you have the f- less, the facilities open to you obviously to get a certain figure and that is attractive yeah you know i mean they get loads of stuff and you get stuff like the idea like the phrase bigwig for example coming from uh, white powdered wigs that basically wealthy elite classes would wear in order to hide the fact that they had syphilis yeah, yeah. you know and that and thus hair loss so and then what happens is that these things become very popular. All the big rich people are wearing big wigs. Yeah, you know the big wigs are wearing them, and then so you've got to copy that style, and, and then that becomes part of culture. And it's so weird to sort of you know think about sort of things like that and how perceptions of people have changed over time and what is kind of you know desirable isn't always necessarily what's healthy or what is you know the the best way to live your life. Oh yeah, completely, and especially more so now because it's very influenced by again the mainstream media. Like media plays such a big influence in everything oh, these yeah. days, and um, be it printed, written, printed or written, yeah, same thing. <laughs> printed television, audio, whatever. We intake media at a rate that is you know we've never done before as a society. So we've no historical 
examples of what this level of informational input does to the human psyche and the human brain you know we're taking on so much knowledge be it valuable or not on a hour by hour basis whether we're aware of it or not you know just from simple things as a billboard that we might glance yeah. at while we're on a bus yeah. to you know coming home and watching the news or reading I think the it's paper like information obviously we're, we're kind of information receiving machines yeah. but the in the the the, what the nature the, of the information has changed, right? It's, it's changed from learning the, a specific the, the, skill the, set or learning uh, things within your your very small village community. We, we're not just we're not just teaching basic skills to live that would have been what was you know we're going back to primitive man and because well, we even fairly modern man. Into, I mean, like you know, well, even like we haven't evolved pre- that far in terms of how our brains function yeah. to that of like a uh, very early man. Um, not in the grand scheme of things. No, anyway. and, and you're looking at the, the social situations that people learn skills and, and obviously what was valuable at the time and what could be taught at the time and very small ecosystems of people, you know. I mean, most people wouldn't really uh, sort of leave their, their local environment. You know, most yeah. people would live, be born, live and die really in the same village, you know, and that was very normal. Very few people travelled beyond a certain distance. I mean, when people come in and to, to where I work and they're after early mapping of places, they expect very often to see very detailed mapping of <laughs> inner, inner city mapping, you know, some kind of planet town layout of an old place. There was no need for that. No. Right? Everybody, if you, were, if you lived there, you knew what it was like. And if you didn't live there, you didn't go there. Yeah. Right, and that, that was the reality of it. So when you look at an old map, it's just... You know, Cambridge is a city, and that's it. It might yeah. have a uh, in the corner of the map. It might have a view of Cambridge, more to just give you an impression of what it looks like, necessarily than to, a way to navigate your way around. But that's basically it. Yeah. You know, it, you don't really get like really, de- especially in our country, we don't get you don't get really detailed mapping uh, of, and like sort of systematic state organized mapping until you get the OS in about eighteen fifty. Yeah, and then after that, you obviously get this idea of. I mean, we were worried about potential incursion from the Scots and the uh, and um, the French at the time, so there was a military need to make these kind of maps that are very detailed. Well, it was for ordnance, for artillery, wasn't it? Yeah, and, and, and it was a military operation to do it. I mean, they're crazy when when you look at the levels of detail in them. Um, I highly recommend anybody who's interested and wants. I mean, I won't bore you with all the details, but if you go onto the National Library of Scotland's website and look at their online digital mapping uh, of the OS, you can actually look at all like the whole country in any scale and look at it historically. And it's got zoomable maps that you can zoom wow. in, and nice. it's it's a crazily good resource for that kind of stuff. Uh, and and like, I mean, like just the idea that like these maps are so detailed, they'll show you like where a tree was. Yeah. You know, like, and that they they plotted out where the tree was. That's, re- that's it's ridiculous yeah. levels of mapping, lads. Yeah, like I mean, we've got mapping the the OS did, which is at one to five hundred scale um, <laughs> of major cities, right? Uh, and and Cambridge is included as one of these. And at that level of detail, they'll show you how many seats are inside a church. So let's say there are four hundred eighty three seats in this particular church, for example. Jesus. They'll show you the inner sort of layout of buildings on a map, right? And this is a series of maps that cover a whole city. You know, it's absolutely wild, lads. And then there's thing that you, know, you can pay for it to be coloured or uncoloured in shillings and sixpence and stuff like that. And wow. the, it tells you at the bottom this whole thing is measured in um, 
uh, chains and lengths. Yeah, yeah and that, that's just yeah. So yeah. you'd have a we'd have a letter from the king and and two poles and a length of chain, and that would give us a consistent length. And we'd take that letter and we'd bang on someone's door and say, by the order of the king, we've come here to map your property, and we've got right to map your property. Uh, your garden and locate the position of everything and trees and outhouses and everything and it's crazy i mean yeah. it's, uh, when i look at those maps and that's the thing it's like and now that, we just have google earth yeah yeah but a lot of people like even now like they think that like a lot of things are based off google earth and there are a lot of things based off google earth but the ordnance survey is still very very prevalent oh, a yeah, lot yeah. of stuff now um yeah i mean i yeah i mean i actually it's weird i really i do i do love what i do oh, when, yeah. when you're looking at sort of really old maps of places it's it's yeah so there's something very very innately enjoyable about it yeah i mean whenever i go anywhere i like to have I, when i've gone to the lake district in the past even though i've got like a gps stuff i've got google maps on my phone there's something so much more satisfying about having an actual os map of the area because yeah, I mean, you, if you have that in a compass, you can literally you know figure out where you thinking? are exactly on a map from just do landmarks. Know, do you know what? I was literally just thinking, though, for someone that works with maps, you have a terrible sense of direction. I have an awful sense. Of direction. <laughs> yeah, that's why. That's why. Yeah, really bad. So like, so, and they don't say this out of. I'm just thinking, need. like, I remember walking back from the city. I lost my own car. Lost your own car. I lost my yeah. car. I lost my wow. car straight up, and it, and it legit so took us about. 45 minutes maybe half an hour at like, best to find it walking up, I had no idea the by the uh, junction and these guys were so patient with me because I was <laughs> oh. losing my mind because I was like oh I think it's just up here guys and I just did not know where I was going <laughs> wow. I can so- barely navigate my way around Cambridge right and I've lived here all my life yeah you know, and and like it, people tell me, oh, it's just down such and such road. It's, I don't know where the fuck that is. Yeah, it's so many roads. I have no idea Which where they wild. are in Cambridge because I've never had a purpose to go there. Yeah. The areas I grew up in and where I used, my friends used to be and used to cycle to, and like route to school and shit like that. That no, like the back of my hand. Road names. Yeah. Half of them I won't fucking. I do all know, by landmarks but, and. Yeah. They, See, this is this, I I just I, I like I all I am thinking at the moment now is I'm gonna get so fucking lost in Japan. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, the funny story about Japan when I was out there. So I'm in uh, Kyoto and I'm staying in uh, this real nice traditional style hotel that my mate had done, uh, sorted me out with. And uh, I'm kind of going through, like, my whole trip to Japan, imagine it as, like, an emo self-discovery holiday, right? So I'm, I'm talking about an Ian who at this stage in life, you know, is going through his goth phase. And it's decided <laughs> that it's a really fucking great idea to paint your nails black and write in a, a book poetry and things and all this kind of stuff so <laughs> hey, I'm really like you know what I mean I was I mean Jesus Christ I was, I was so I was walking down the back of this um, sort of river they've got that's uh, so the whoops is, uh, I think it's river yeah down the, the, on the way from where I'm going to uh, Guion which is like a uh, basically the place where Memoirs of a Geisha is kind of based on if you're ever um, interested it's really good you should just get sort of really old style houses and so on cool. but anyway so I'm walking along this waterfront and uh, there's this kind of dock there and there's this black limo pulled in right and there's all these guys in like suits and stuff sunglasses stereotypical kind of Yakuza style stuff Ooh, and they've got the boot of this limo open right and there's all of this there's just a, a black kind of dustbin bag in there I'm not even kidding right? and it was like it was probably nothing right Like, yeah, yeah, th- yeah. but this is the, the, the thing that, and, and yeah. they were probably completely legit and stuff I'm probably blowing this well out of abortion but in my mind I was like 
I fucking hell, I know what that is. <laughs> so I keep walking. I just remember looking at this guy and I, they, obviously in my fear state, his expression said to me, like, if you break fucking stride, you're going to the back of the car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're going to the back of the car, son. You better just keep on walking. So I'm, I'm walking along, listen to like, I would walk miles, miles, 100 miles, whatever, <laughs> by the proclaimers. <laughs> and it was like, oh my God. Uh, it's just, oh, oh man. Japan's crazy. You're going to love yeah, it. I'm, I'm like, I mean, the main reason we're going well it's not the main reason but it was the catalyst was Wrestle Kingdom mm-hmm. uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, tickets go on sale at the end of this month I'm so fucking late constantly yeah. just like I want my tickets for Wrestle Kingdom 12 I, I mean I recommend it as a destination yeah, for I, well it's been top of my bucket list for absolutely yeah, and you won't regret it you won't so, regret it it's, it's f- fantastic I'm so jealous you're going I would love to go back yeah. I mean it it I mean, obviously, it was one of those moments in my life when I was going and it was a really much-needed fucking holiday and I came back and it kind of... It is a pivotal moment of my life, really, to kind of come back on that holiday. And it's one of those kind of journeys of self-discovery, if you like. And it's kind of like... that. Obviously, part of that isn't the place. That's yeah, just yeah. The, the act of going and coming back. But... And obviously, having that experience does rose-tint the whole journey to a certain extent. But it is an incredible place. Yeah, I'm really. I can't wait. Anyway, I think we shall uh, draw proceedings to a close for yes. this uh, this episode. It's yep. been lovely waffling bollocks at you again. Yay! Um, we'll Waffle try bollocks. and come back again before not too long. Try like my schedule's a bit lighter now, so yeah. Hopefully, it shouldn't be too long again before we uh, uh, come back. In fact, my other half's on nights um, at the first week of November. So. Perfect. Yeah, because we can get one out then, and then if not, if we can get one out at the beginning of December. That'd be cool because then we can get one out when I get back from Japan in mid January. Right. Sounds good to me. Get back on track for yeah. uh, trying to do monthly again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Apologies for the long break. Yeah, well, you know, like this isn't our full time job. Um, you <laughs> It'd be know, nice life, if it was. Life, but it doesn't no, pay at all. Yeah, <laughs> life and shit happens. So you yeah. know, when we when we can record, we'll record. When we can't, unfortunately, you just have to hold fire and we'll get to it eventually. But. Unless, you know, if we're ever going away for good, we'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway, so, yeah, been real good fun. Um, we'll be back again soon. And until then, you know, peace out. Strength Stay strafe. Stay safe. Loves you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye, mister. Well, I hope you've enjoyed our time together today on this tumultuous journey through minds so distorted they barely qualify as such. Please do join us again in another time, at another place, for another glimpse into the profoundly strange and fascinating world of the Rambling Vapors. Release. If you would like to contact either Nero or Bungle with comments, suggestions for topics, or just to say hey, please drop them a line at ramblingvapors at gmail.com. But be prepared, as your sanity may come into question upon reading their response. So, levels. Levels. Usual shit. Usual shit. Trouble, 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 trouble. This looks very quiet. It looks very quiet. 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 Very quiet. Quiet? How quiet, Kyle? Who the fuck is quiet? <laughs> For um, once, it's you. Ha ha! Everyone. Uh, 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 u
dongle is not here. Please try again. <laughs> this is a test of the emergency broadcast system. This is not a test of the emergency broadcast system. <laughs> this is the real thing. The Korea's real thing fucked us all. Yeah. I can't help but feel 